We the GamerCast is powered by patrons at patreon.com slash Capri. And from the bottom of my heart, I am so grateful to the nearly 70 patrons who support us each and every month. With a special thanks to our Capremium producers, Dallas Ford, Lee Navarro, the fearless leader of the Phoenix Overdrive Extra Life team, and Jonathan Brown, the man behind the music on the Xbox Drive and the Nintendo Drive. You can support Jonathan Brown at youtube.com slash Entertainment. Our platinum producers, Robbie Bobby Miller and Trucker Sloth, and our gold members, Argo, Benji Kong, Brendan Myers, Dallas Robbins, Dano, Emily O'Kelly, Foolish Fuji, Heather Boney, James Johnson, Joel Brooks, Jose Jimenez, Mac Time, Marcus O'Neill, Mr. and Mrs. Nasty Boots, RJ Kern, Skinny Matt, and Xavier Reyes. If you'd like to support this show and all the Yumi Capri content, go to patreon.com slash Yumi Capri and choose the tier that's right for you. Now, on with the show. Sean Capri, and welcome to We The Gamer Cast. It publishes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play every single Monday. Patrons get it first. Thank you for subscribing, for listening, for rating the show on the thing, the, the Apple Podcasts, the iTunes, for telling your friends, for telling your mom, for telling your grandma, for telling your great-grandma, for telling your great-aunt, your favorite aunt who, I don't know, what did she do for you? I, I, well... She introduced you to podcast, maybe. That's why she's your favorite. And thank you guys so much for being here. I am so excited. And I'm going to tell you why in just a second. But in case you're new, here's the deal. Every week I have Sweet Hangs with a stranger from the internet. We talk about life and video games. And if you want to be on the show, it's easy. Just tweet at me, at Sean Capri. It's Sean like Connery. Capri like the pants. Here's the problem. Uh, I'm going to start with the problem. We're going to get to good news. The problem is I'm screaming at you guys. I am sitting down. Why am I doing this? I might be... Hmm, I'm a little lazy, but I feel like I'm I'm waving my arms around a lot. In case you guys, in case it doesn't come through on the microphone, like a lot of like the the accented words, like they all come with kind of judo chops. <laughs> it's really stupid. I'm really excited though. Uh, the reason I'm screaming at you guys: number one, I went for a run with my good friend Marcus O'Neill, my in real life friend who I met and because of podcast. This is I'll get to that in a second, but uh, I'm, I'm excited because. We got a great show. I have a great show. You have a great show. It's in your ears right now. And it, and we're going to get to talk with Sean Thomas. Maybe, maybe a new, maybe a new friend. Here's the thing. Every time I do this, I'm like, I think this person's my friend. They become my friend. Look at that. How, how, how lucky am I? It's so cool. Um, guys, so much to be excited about. In addition to the episode that you're about to hear, my goodness gracious, I went for a run with my good friend Marcus O'Neill, uh, who I met through this podcast, and he lives in the city. We, I, I left work. We went for a run. It was very hot out, and I, I survived. Anyways, I, I, I don't know. He, he was, he was very nice to, you know, really slow it down for me. But, uh, and also, I don't normally run and like talk to people like ever, like talk to anybody. I normally have like music going on, and I can get out of my own thoughts i could just have like that i have like this inverse relationship with my hearing and my overall like cardiovascular health is kind of how this goes also speaking of cardiovascular health um charity streams are coming to you guys very soon yes streaming is coming back more news on that at some point but you can count on it at the very least some charity streams because i'm going to be raising money for two runs that i've signed up for one is for cardiovascular health is for heart health is for uh the mazinkowski alberta heart institute very very cool i'll be doing a 5k for that and also if any of you have been listening to 
for me for years. Uh, September is coming, and so this is uh, the time of year where we do the Rotary Run for Life. It is for mental health and suicide prevention. It's in memory of my good friend, Justin Ching, uh, who passed away a number of years ago. Uh, I went to high school with him and still very close to his family. So that is coming. So we'll be raising a bunch of money for that, and you guys know. And also Extra Life, which, holy crap, you guys. All the charity, all the things, this is something that, all the things that are so uh, close to my heart, especially that one that raises money for heart health. But that's a whole other pun that I'm not going to dive too much more into. So, um... You guys know what to do. We're gonna have we're gonna have charity streams. We're gonna have we're gonna raise a bunch of money. We're gonna do a good thing. We're gonna make the the world a better place thanks to video games and podcasts. And I'm excited about that. Okay, Sean Thomas coming up in just a second. But I want to direct your attention while you're like, what are you doing right now? Like, are you driving? Are you riding a bicycle? Are you are you walking? Are you supposed to be you know hanging out with your family? And instead, you've got an earbud or maybe two in, and you're just kind of kicking back. In which case good on you that is dedication to me it's not dedication to your family but i I mean it's dedication of some sort uh what was i trying to tell oh go go listen to three podcasts holy crap man i've taken some time off of streaming but i am i'm guessing on all the podcasts girls on games with leah jewer Uh, we talk about breaking console sales how a toxic culture can take place at any size studio and we question what the heck the zombies are saying in the back for blood beta yes i played that i talked about that game on that show and a couple of others so go listen to girl on girls on games it was um me and another guy simon <laughs> and leah with the, i only bring that up because it's uh it's ironic given the name of the, the show so go listen to that and subscribe leah jewer was on the show on this show we the gamer cast a couple of weeks ago uh so you, you guys probably heard her so then i went on to onto her show and it's all good so um go check that out also i was a guest on the delvin cox experience this was a different type of co- well if you're used to this it was actually a lot like this show uh i was the guest i was on the other side i got to talk a lot um and which was kind of nice but the thing is i knew sitting down in that chair like i think i want to talk to delvin about bobby so whether or not he brought it up or not i i think i was gonna you know just air some stuff out i haven't really talked too much about bobby i kind of had the whole like after he passed there was a lot of stuff going on and then we kind of then life kind of keeps going but man I know a lot of you guys are out there. We're all we're all saying the same thing. We're all thinking the same thing. We I, I think about Bobby all the time. Uh, so it's kind of nice just to have that that um, that opportunity to to talk about him, to talk about his legacy, to talk about um, our good times with with uh, with the man Bobby Paul. So the Nintendo Guru, uh, I love him and I miss him every single day. Um, now the third podcast that I want to draw your attention to is called Project Xbox, and I had so much fun. It was just like man, it's amazing how different like all these different podcasts really are like all three of these completely different and i had a great time got invited on um by kevin from project xbox a little while ago we got it sorted out i was able to um record that we waxed poetic about gears and forza again back for blood uh i told the story about when i bought my original xbox and playing project gotham racing like they got me kind of anytime i get this is why i like doing this with guests on this show like anytime you can talk about like the good old days whatever that is for any of us it's like man that feels that feels pretty good. So uh, check that out whenever you guys get a chance. Girls on Games, the Delvin Cox Experience, and Project Xbox. Quick shout out to the guys and team over at PSVG. Love what you guys are doing over there. I think that's all I need to tell you about. Also, okay, wait. Did I talk enough about the friends, the friendship I made with friend, with Marcus O'Neill? He's a beautiful person. He's helping me with my journey, my my fitness, my my getting active, my eating. Um, Marcus O'Neill, you're a real dude, and I love you, and I appreciate you, my friend. Okay. 
I think that's it. I'm not messing around, you guys. I'm not messing around. I'm getting stuff done. And with that in mind, let's get right into the show with uh, maybe my new friend, Sean Thomas from the HQ Boys. He's one quarter of the HQ Boys. He's the video editor at Team Liquid. He is somebody that I, st- I'll tell the story when I, t- like, you, you'll hear the story of how I discovered the HQ Boys. It's uh, it's kind of interesting anyways. Um, but I think you guys are really going to enjoy this. It's a it is a great chat. I've been wanting to have Sean on for a little while. We did it. Now you get to enjoy it. So here he is, Sean Thomas. Up until two weeks ago, I actually had a, like a, a cyst on my head. And oh, I was like, I was like mad self-conscious about my hair because if I... If it wasn't, if it was, if I didn't have it just right, you could like see right through. In fact, I I talked Mm. about this on the show the other week, but Nick and I had this little ordeal where when we were live, if he could see the bump on my head, he would, he would be like, Hey, um, while you guys are here, give us your Twitch prime. And that was the key for me to be like, Oh my God, my hair is fucked (laughs) up and you can see the thing. Uh, but I had the surgery done. So now I'm like kind of feeling myself because I, you know, I can actually have my, my hair looking good. It's, you can't. How can you not be like playing with it, or just you know, just being sure, just having everything in the right spot? How know, was the it, surgery, dude? Holy shit, dude! It was actually kind of fucked up. So let let me tell you. So <laughs> I as far okay, as surgeries so, go. Well, it's okay. So let it be known, I've had this surgery done before, and it was okay. not it was not an issue before. Uh huh. So what happened was, it's a super simple procedure. It should take like ten minutes. They go in, cut my head open, take like the cyst out, and then seal it back up. We're good. Do you get to keep it? Um, is it? Does it come out in like a form? Like do you get no. to put it in a bag or anything? They put it in a bag. They put it in a no. It's solid as hell. I if assume they put, I'm being hopefully not super insensitive because you're kind no. of being playful with it. No, so, yeah. no, right. no. It, no, it's it's completely benign. Okay. <laughs> um, but so no, I wanted to keep it, but they make you bring it for testing, probably so they can get more money for it. But anyway. Uh, I, I go in, I get this done, and I'm like, hey, Doc, while I'm here, I've actually got two bumps. Can we get a little deal going on? Dude, and he was real. like, yeah, seriously. And he was like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, fine. I'll take care of it. And um, so he takes the first one out, and it didn't feel awesome. Dude, uh, actually, you want to know what hurts the most is getting the, the lidocaine. Yeah. Is that what that is? The lidocaine? Like a, like the freezing? Yeah, the, the numbing stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, so he goes in, does that, whatever. Then he... and. It didn't feel great, but it was like par for the course. Then sure. he goes on the second one and he's in there and it was it was hurting. And I was like, huh, I wonder what's going on up there. And I hear him <laughs> and and I hear him go, huh. And I was oh, like, no. Uh, no, dude, not while you're in my head. <laughs> not while my like, head's how open. How open are you talking? Because like, you don't have like your hair grows back or are you covering up like, like where no, it he, doesn't grow? Like He he taped it. No, I should, I mean, I'll show you. I don't give a shit. It, so like, you know, it's like it was like right. Oh, it, my gosh. Like, yeah. Like, like he like he cut he cut around it. Like my sure, hair was sure. like. My hair but your like hair fine. grows back. Like that's the thing. That's the magic of your hair. Really, is yeah. that it survives this sort of thing. Like, yeah, it, doesn't care. It, it survived the ordeal. Yeah, the scar um, tissue, whatever, grow on top of that. No problem. But so, well, so it's funny you say scar tissue. So he's digging around in that part of my head, and he goes, "Huh?" And I was like, "Hey, hey not <laughs> while you're in my head, man." And he was like, "He's like, I don't see anything." And I was like, "Oh, what do you mean? You're you're so far in my head?" And he was like, "Uh, yeah, I am." Um, I think what we felt on the top of your head was actually like either scar tissue or like really thick hair follicles that made like a fake little bump on your Come head. Come on. 
And I was like, dude, you're the doctor. Like, like you, you gotta be able to tell the difference. Man. Yeah. yeah. Um, but whatever. He, he sews me back up. I feel super violated. Cause he was in my freaking dome. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I go back 10 days later to get the stitches out. And he does another little weird to me. Mm. So I'm sitting there in the in the office for two hours waiting for my appointment, playing Shin Megami Tensei 4 nice. on my on my 3DS. As you do. And he brings me in and he like reads the chart. He's like, oh yeah, we took out two cysts, right? And I was like, I wasn't here that long ago, man. Like, I hope you remember. Mm-hmm. And he looks at me and he's like, huh, well, yeah, I guess we'll do it. And I was like, what do you mean? Do you want me to come back? Like, is it too early? And I hear him say under his breath, oh, now you ask. And I was like, what who do you is mean? this guy? <laughs> I, was like, what do you, is? I was like, what do you mean, bro? You're the guy who told me to come take care of it. <laughs> and um, and he goes, uh, okay, well, let me let me go take a look at it. And he looks at my head. He's like, no, 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 we, we can take the stitches out. And I was like, okay. And he goes in there. He, he takes the first one out. No problem. He goes mm. for the second one. It kind of hurt, but I was like, okay. Then he comes back and he goes, hmm, yeah, let me just make sure I got everything. And oh, my like, God. Dude, I'm and never going this person. This like you pay, you, like we don't pay for anything. Like we just yeah. go, like we can, we can grumble and mumble about our docs, but like we're not paying the person. It's not mm. like, I mean, they can't get paid in their own way. Wait, are are you Canadian? I'm Canadian. Yeah, oh, man. Man, I know. Is this over then? Like, is yeah? I guess, sorry, now? I gotta go. Man. <laughs> like I knew you were up. too nice. There was something yeah. wrong with you, and so you're Canadian. <laughs> I honestly don't notice a difference for the most part. No, like I've never, it's just a stereotype. Like, you know, every, every once in a while, like an accent sort of like pops in mm-hmm. say like oot and a boot and we're like, we'll forget ourselves. Like, ah, oh, shit, I just gave myself away. <laughs> or we'll talk about how how um, painless and free healthcare or trips to the hospital is. We're like, ah, out of myself a little bit. Otherwise, it's, we're all the same. Well, you know what's really funny about paying him is I haven't gotten the inevitable bill in the mail yet. Like mm-hmm. I have I have a job with health insurance, but that sure. doesn't matter. Yeah. Sometimes a bill just shows up anyway. <laughs> So, like, you normally it should be, like, direct build kind of thing? Like, you don't have to worry about it, and every once in a while it comes to you? Yeah, so basically what happened what happened to me when I was younger, at least, and, and I feel like it's going to happen here, is, like, you leave the doctor's office, you go to the, you go to the receptionist, and you're like, hey, what do I owe? Mm-hmm. And they basically haven't gotten it cleared by your insurance yet. So they're like, sure. oh, well, we, we won't take anything now. Yeah. And then I'll just get a random bill for, like, $1,000 or something. Good God. That's, like, dude, I don't even like getting that for my car. If I like, you know, got to get like new brakes or something, I'm selling the car. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want that thing anymore. Dude. Okay. On the subject of that, I have, I've got a 2011 Kia Soul because I'm nice. extremely cool. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I have a, the, it has one of those little like switchblade keys, you know, mm-hmm. like you click the button, it flips out. And at some point, the, at one point, the key like, severed. I, I don't know, like it just broke off from the metal. Yeah. And I was like, well, how big of a deal can it be to get a new mm-hmm. key or have them fix this? Because oh, yeah. I, I could see basically that there was a pin that was broken at first that they could have taken care of. Mm-hmm. And I called Kia up and they're like, yeah, it's going to cost $200. No doubt. And mm-hmm. I was like, that's a car payment. Yep. Like, yep. I, I, that's at a some month. point, dude, at some point, I'm like, do I just want to get a new car? Like, mm-hmm. $200 on a key. I think it's time because you, you're you're quite a schemer, which is why I enjoy listening to you. <laughs> like, at what point do you just like set up your own like heist or something? You know, for the insurance money, have it dude. stolen, have some like make a good story out of it. I'm sure you can make a good video or something, whatever. Dude, that's that's what I'm I see. What I got to do is I got to strike a deal with like Honda or something and be like, mm-hmm. hey, 
let me film a video where yeah. I blow my car up That's and right. then and I get a Honda. But no, yeah. so now now I do this incredibly dumb thing. I don't have the key on me up here, but I carry around my loose key. Sure. Like, and it's it's just like this tiny little it's not even like a house key because it doesn't yep. have like the big knuckle on it. It's just like a long kind of skinny like piece of metal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I they sort of like far. melted into they forged it. That's what makes it expensive because they actually it's sort of like when they they, they craft medieval weapons. Mm, they heat exactly. it up and then they slam it with some sort of hammer. And that's yeah. your, <laughs> that's your the, and, key. And if that was why it cost two hundred dollars, I would be totally fine. Worth with it. it. Worth it. Yeah. <laughs> but but no, they just order it from a fucking warehouse and it shows up, and I have to pay a million dollars for it. It's unfair. Yeah, man. So at what point do you just like drive it off the bridge or something? You just do take, you take want, some gasoline to it. You want to know what's actually funny is the car is actually it was passed down to me from my grandmother, who mm-hmm. I'm like my grandmother actually. I got her. I got a photo of her on my desk right here. She's you like, you really do. You have a like, picture of her. Easily the most most important person in my life ever. And, wow. Uh, she she wound up passing away in May. But oh no. In, or May of 2019. It's okay. It's a couple years now. I'm I'm over it for the most. Well, part. you kind of you kind of um, dangled that for a while. You, you yeah. know you did in May. Yeah. 2004. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but uh, she – at one point, basically, she didn't feel comfortable driving anymore, and I was already living in L.A. Responsible. And there was some some agreement to get me the car. So I've had the car. Dude, I got it from her. It had 30,000 miles on it or 20-something mm-hmm. thousand miles on it, which is crazy. So it's a 2011 car, and it's only got like 60K miles gentle on it. Gentle miles as well. Like those yeah. are grandma miles. Those are gentle. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's just her going to the, the grocery store. Yeah. And um, so like part of me – Part of me is like I have I you know I have a job now I could like afford getting a car but it's also like it's my grandma's car but then mm-hmm. it's like if I you know it, there's nothing less cool than pulling up in a Kia Soul. But there's like, probably less cool things. I think there's less cool things. I don't want to say them because inevitably somebody else is going to own the car that I need. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, maybe like maybe that uh, didn't Scion make a really weird cube car or Nissan? Yeah, ni- yeah, yeah, yeah. Nissan the, had a cube car. The, but the key, the key soul looks exactly like those. Sure. Um, yeah. So, you know, part of me is like, yeah, I should do it. And then part of me is like, I, I am both, you know, I don't like, I really am a schemer. You know, like I, I mm-hmm. hate like spending money on dumb shit. So I'm yeah. like, you know what? Car's totally fine. Totally. It's like, it's like a bummer to pick girls up in, you know, <laughs> but, <laughs> but there's worse problems in life. You don't want those to true test though. Like if you can get over that, like if, the car hey, that's it's not like, the biggest deal really but you know it's like do you think i'm cute and can you tolerate the kia soul mm-hmm, then, then mm-hmm. you might be the one does that have a good stereo though uh so it's okay i actually dude i have like kind of a sick obsession with carplay yeah and I, I, I like really wanted to add it to my car mm-hmm. but i couldn't find a deal that like made sense because a lot of those aftermarket decks are like kind of trash but yeah. the speakers are fine aftermarket decks like did you ever have a car with an aftermarket deck like I, I actually can't tell if like you and i are the exact same age or if you're 15 years younger than me or like what i, I find you fascinating on this front i don't think that we're the same age i'm, uh, I'm 27 you, see i wasn't even close uh we're literally a decade apart you know what I mean? Like, it's not even – and I hope that that comes across in the best way possible because you seem wiser <laughs> than your years, um, mm. but at the same time, also very with it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and only old people like me say that you're with it. So that's, that's <laughs> well, how I didn't know, want to say like, it, but... I'm like, oh, where's my walker? My, my bone's <laughs> getting dusty over here. But did you ever have, like, a car with, like, an aftermarket deck in it or anything? Because that was the thing. That was mm. – that. I love that, man. I live for that stuff. I used to have this. This will probably date me in a weird way. I used to have a Saturn, like right yeah. after they went out of business, mm-hmm. and my uh, 
I was just like a sicko and I replaced the deck in it immediately. And I found out, and this is why I was so scared about replacing my soul. You lose the, the steering wheel control Mm -hmm. sometimes when you do stuff like that. And yeah, aftermarket, but dude, it was like, it was like RG. Now it's not a good idea. It's, I don't, I don't know anybody who does it anymore. Like that whole like scene is just like, I feel like it's just completely gone unless you're still working with like cars from the nineties. Well, so that's it. Like I had, I had an old car that didn't have the ability to play my my iPod or like my iPhone. Right. IPod, Dude, even yeah, I was man. gonna say, even saying iPod makes you old now. Mm-hmm, I think it um, does. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So that was why, like, dude, I used to have, I used to have a uh, the tape deck players. Remember yeah. those? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dude, so of course. so sick. I was um, playing that in my my parents' minivan when I was in high school. I was driving my parents' minivan. It was a 1989 Plymouth Voyager five wow. speed, dude. It was it was wow. a, it was manual. A standard minivan. It had, a, it had a, <laughs> so you know those things that like there's there's like half a dozen things that we all have growing up that you don't know are weird until you grow up and get out into the world. You like minivans aren't all standard. Like that's that's not like what everybody I, else has. Dude, I have never heard of a standard minivan. We did. And my friends, my I had a bunch of like real car guys um, in high school, and a lot of friends like that. And so they thought this was the ma- the most amazing things. And that's when like Fast and Furious was coming out. Like the first one was whatever two thousand. I've got this five speed minivan thing, just playing Crazy Town with our discman plugged in with the the cassette adapter, and just pulling wheelies in the YMCA parking. Lot, what was dude. okay? So so since since we are a little bit different in age, what was your like driving album? Oh man, there's. I mean, like Lincoln Park, like Meteora. Honestly, like, theory. So same. Yeah. Even yeah. though, even though we probably like tried ten years different. apart, it was <laughs> that was also mine. Yeah, yeah. That, that and Kanye is my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. That yeah, was a little different, but yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> rap was a uh, rap changed a lot in ten years. You know, I feel like it all yeah, sounds sure. the same now. That's where I'm just like kind of out of it a little bit. <laughs> you know what's funny? I actually really listened to, and this is a this is a spoiler for an upcoming Ooh, that rules that episode. rules. Um, my favorite hip hop lately has been grime music and not even lately for the past like four years, really ever mm. since I moved to LA and the, the grime scene is crazy because all these dudes, I mean, they all like kind of sound the same to the untrained ear because you just hear like their accents. Sure. That's but like a lot of music just in general. I yeah. think like if you listen to like all country music sounds the same, all metal music sounds the same. It's like, yeah, not really. Not, yeah. Um, but they, the, their style of rapping, like I can now kind of hear the difference between like, north and south and east london and they all just have these like crazy the really cool thing about london is like you know in in america uh, people like you can hear the differences from like the south to say west coast hip-hop and like east coast hip-hop sure but but in in london it's all just like one city so like so the variances are like they're similar but different enough, and they're these dudes are just some of the best rappers I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. And the the music is just like, I, I, like the visuals are crazy. The music is crazy. So point being, if you're if you're feeling a little tired of of American hip hop, which I frankly am too to an extent, grime is like I'm down. The answer. Man. This is the thing that I love listening to your guys' shows. Like you could talk about one of any million things, you know, mm-hmm. one of the things that I, I wish that you guys did that, you know, I wouldn't do if I were you either, uh, is like all the things that rule, like I want them listed. Like I want like the, th- mm-hmm. the shit I need to like go download or buy or whatever. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. it rules like it. And also I'm pissed that you guys have such a perfectly named goddamn podcast. <laughs> like that well, rules is like, that's perfect. I'm like, and that's where I, like I knew that you and I could just like jump on a podcast. We could chat about whatever. We've only like done it on like sort of you're on stream. I'm in the chat or whatever. But like mm. still, I'm like, 
just jump on a call and we'll just chat about stuff because I wish I called my podcast that rules. That rules, man. That's so good. <laughs> well, you want to know what's funny is like Nick and I are like it took us so long. Basically, that show was born out of out of a couple things, and the name came in a similar fashion. So basically, we were doing the HQ cast, and we were doing Restore Point, which is a show with me and Dev. We were talking about video games that we love and, mm-hmm. like, older video games. Yeah. But um, Devin was kind of concerned. We were doing it every week, and he was kind of concerned that we weren't going to be able to create at that clip at scale. Like, are we really going to be able to talk about – Metal Gear Solid, Final Fantasy, Banjo-Kazooie, whatever, every week for Mm. five years. You'll run out, surely. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I was like, okay, like, I kind of get that. And he was like, so why don't we, like, dial it back, like, be a little bit more deliberate when we do episodes, like, almost do it as, like, seasons. And I was like, okay, I think that's cool. And, um, but Nick and I were really obsessed with the idea of just being able to put out two shows a week for like different audiences sure and the hq cast we we really don't talk about games almost as like a conscious decision because Mm -hmm. we're like because a lot of like all the all we do is play games so i'm like every week we're just going to talk about games on this show and whatever so we don't really touch it there and nick and i were we were just thinking about like the way that nick and i do life is sickening where mm-hmm. we get into something and then we're just like obsessed yeah, like man. fully in we're gonna learn it. we're gonna learn all about league of legends i'm gonna learn all about shimigami tensei this week yeah and i was like dude this would be like a perfect thing for a show because i used to listen to this podcast a couple years ago called get up on this mm-hmm. uh, i don't know if you're familiar with it but no it's from this guy jensen carp okay you know the cinnamon toast crunch guy who oh, found yeah. shrimp okay mm-hmm. it's him he oh, used really? to have this podcast yeah. no way <clears throat> yeah and um I love that podcast. It was like my favorite show because they put me on so much stuff. Like these guys put me on rappers that I like now. They put me on like Waze before Waze was a popular like actual app. influencers. Yeah, like like for real. Mm-hmm. And and I was like, dude, that's just what we should do. But it's but instead of like useful stuff, it's whatever we're into that week. <laughs> Here's the hook, <laughs> right? Forget and, useful. And and so when so it was easy because like this is these are the conversations Nick and I have all day every day anyway. I'll bet. And I was trying to think, like, dude, what the fuck did we call it? Mm-hmm. And we're always – we always just say that rules that to rules. whatever. Yeah. And I was like, dude, am I stupid? Like, is this a good title? And we mm-hmm. looked it up on the podcast app and no, nothing was that rules. How is that like, possible? Dude, I know. We actually are – so we have a show that we do, like, monthly, uh, semi-monthly. We're trying to revamp it where we all – it's like a video game book club type thing. Oh, man. And, that's uh, a dream. Isn't that the, the dream? You know, if you have unlimited time and yeah. everybody's doing the exact thing, you get everybody aligned on the same page doing it all. So uh-huh. so it was it was the dream and it only – it stopped being the dream because of that alignment. Like It's it is hard. So, it is so tough. And we picked like really hard games at first. Like we did Ghost of Tsushima, which is like a massive game. Like, sure. Mm-hmm. Like you're not going to beat that in a month to have like a reasonable conversation about it unless mm-hmm. you're like – Unless you're that's like, all like, you're doing. Yeah. Or you're like a reviewer. You got the game early sure. and like yeah. whatever. So oh, you're trying to do it like in time for like the game to come out. And so like in t- or, sort of like close or, proximity to it. Yeah. Yeah. Within a window where it mattered, sure. you know. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we called the show Screen Peak, which was another one where I was like, that's a good, fucking good name. name, dude. You Sounds know? sexy, actually. I know. But Sounds but, adult themed. But <laughs> but it was it was really tough to keep up with. So now now we're trying to revamp it to where it's a little more that rules-esque where sure. it's like it's like it's a it's really a video game book club where it's like everyone doesn't have to beat control by saturday to talk right. about it like nick's playing this game overboard we can talk about that i'm playing smt4 we can talk about that mm-hmm. and like everybody can just come to the table and like 
talk about some shit. Yeah. Um, but that that rules is probably out of everything we do, my favorite show. And not because not because I feel like I have a little more ownership over it, just because it's like it's just me and Nick. But yeah, it's effortless. Like when we do oh, the HQ yeah. cast, we you have tell. to think we have to think like, oh, what would be like a good topic for this episode that everybody could talk about mm-hmm. where I'm just not gonna talk in the distance, whatever. Yeah. But but like if I talk to Nick, like yesterday we talked about baseball. I just know he's going to have some shit to talk to me about baseball about. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have to worry that I'm just going to like spew unless I talk about final fantasy 14. I normally kind of hit a wall when I'm talking about FF 14. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's kind of why I like this show though. Like, cause I, I can't mm-hmm. talk about it, you know, in a, in a deep kind of way to everything, but I, it's one of the reasons why I enjoy having people on. Cause I want to, I want to, I, if I can't experience it directly, I want to live vicariously through a new stranger every single week who like comes mm-hmm. in, like, I was listening to you go on about like Naruto, which I want to dive into a little bit. Like everything, basically every like property you've named so far, it's like, I want to know about that. Like, cause I really enjoy that. Whether or not I can like right, come right back with you and go like, yeah. And I was thinking the same thing. And I experienced that too. Like, that's not the conversation you're typically going to have with me, but it's like, that's very infectious to me when, when somebody just invests all of their time or maybe their childhood or whatever into a game series or franchise. It's like, yeah, Mm -hmm. tell me more, man. Like if you can wax poetic on it, which I'm learning more and more that like, that's just all people want to do. You yeah. Know? And like I, I have personally found that like I used to say this a lot when I was in college, like those are the best conversations. Like I don't, oh, give yeah. a, I don't give a shit if we're talking about ballet or something that I don't care about at all. If you're excited, I'm probably excited. Same, man. You know? Same. Like, Big time. Yeah. Well, because and that's kind of how I get into like I was uh, I can't remember how it came up, but somebody discovered that I like metal music and they're like, what? Okay. And I'm like, honestly, it started by like me laughing at it because it was just mm. like some one of my buddies was showing me this uh, a couple of songs. And he's like, isn't this just like outrageous? And we we're laughing at just how like the screen just like, yeah, I'm like, what the hell is that? We we're laughing at it. And next thing I'm like, am I liking metal music all of a sudden? I'm like, Slipknot concerts and stuff. It's like, what wow. the heck, dude? Yeah, man. Like, who's your favorite band? I don't know. That's a, my favorite. Whenever ask me, anybody asks me my favorite anything, I, I can't. I can't. Dude, I have no I'm, idea. I'm the same way. I'm the favorite same movie, like, way. I come up with joke answers. Like when, like mm. my favorite movie that I that is my canned response is Armageddon because I don't know what okay. the hell to say like actually is. But like Dude, Armageddon, well, I still spe- love it. Speaking of us being old, have you ever seen the movie Office Space? Of course. Okay. Okay. Hey, this is like this is like when Spider Man goes to Iron Man goes like, have you ever seen that old movie <laughs> Aliens? It's like son of a bitch. Well, well, dude. So I I constantly make the reference of like the TPS reports. You know, like Thank if, if you. you're mm-hmm. if everybody if everybody's asking you the same question, I'm like, oh, we're we're really TPS reporting this up. And mm-hmm. the other one I always make is, uh, you know, they took care of the problem with Milton, and mm-hmm. uh, and Stately. nobody. And nobody understands the references. And I was like, am I the only person that watched this movie? This is what I mean. I don't know if it's old soul or wise beyond your years or whatever it is. Like you've lived another life before, like embodying that body. Um, I did a, I did a thing where I had like a a summer student come into work one time and I made an Indiana Jones reference. And Mm. um, she's like, I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) Like, you've got to be kidding me. Like already, like I'm there, like You've got to make the Uncharted reference, man. Uh, I guess that's so. What, that's what I the kids so. know. Uh, I want to go back, though. Like, you know, I want to go back to y- you had a great episode last week on that rules. Just just you. Um, number one, I made I might have missed it. How did that like what happened? Why? Why were you by yourself? Um, so basically three. About, Nick went Nick went home for three weeks because he basically he didn't go home for Christmas the year 
the year before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So like he didn't go home for December. It was like, oh, I'll come home in February. And then sure. February came and, you know, whatever. Exactly. So he, he hadn't been home for forever. And he was just like, hey, I'm just going to go home for a couple of weeks. And I was like, all right, cool. I'll, I'll have people on the show, whatever. Mm-hmm. Everybody I asked flaked on me. Everybody who said they want to come flaked on me. So thanks, guys. Nice um, one. And um, <clears throat> I basically missed two episodes of that rules. And I had like promised everybody in the discord. I was like, Hey, I'm going to do a solo episode because there are some topics that I know that if I talk about Shimagami Tensei in the distance, Nick is not, he does not like those kind of games. So like sure. he would have a lot of valuable feedback on it. Mm-hmm. And I also felt like it was kind of a cool opportunity to share some of, you know, that rules is by nature, a show that is supposed to be a little lighthearted. Like we're right. just going to talk about whatever. But when Nick was gone, I was like, I, you know, I was, get, I was doing the process, the process of that rules with things that weren't necessarily like super fun. Like I was mm-hmm. like, get, I was getting really into like learning about Recful and stuff. And, um, and I was like watching all these, like the, the vic- video of the director of Final Fantasy 14 crying and all this stuff. Yeah. So I, the reason I did the episode funny enough was when Nick came back there was just a week we just had nothing to talk about. We're like, dude, I'm not excited about anything. And mm-hmm. I and I was like, let me do my solo episode because sure. I promised people that I would do it. And um I it is so hard to talk to yourself for like 45 minutes or 50 mm-hmm. minutes or whatever. That's a long on, time. On 50 a, minutes is a long time, man. Dude, uninterrupted mm-hmm. and like and it wasn't I didn't like edit it down because I didn't want to deal with the edit. And like yeah. but you have music in the background, like it's nice to kind of not have like com- complete silence. You have to take a breath yeah. every once in a while, maybe take a drink. Well, it's funny because I I am uh I'm a kind of funny Patreon subscriber and they do once a month, like one of the guys will do a solo episode, right. which is kind of what gave me the idea. I was like, Oh, this is this is an option to do if Nick or mm-hmm. I are sick. And uh Nick's from kind of funny's most recent episode had like a very nick soundtrack underneath it and i was like nice easy easy answer yeah yeah well there's something like therapeutic about it i think you're Hmm. just like you know what i'm just gonna have to some of the things are going to be prompted by questions and then sometimes your brain will just kind of take you into a different space and i thought it was i thought it was really good i want to go we'll maybe like do a pulp fiction we'll come back to it like Hmm. where do you come from man you and nick have known each other for a long time i want to bring up that episode because you touched on friendship which I loved that resonated mm. with me big time. And I'm sure with a lot of people who had a chance to, to listen to it as well. Like, where do you, where do you guys come from? You're in LA now, but like, you weren't always there. I want to know like, yeah, yeah. Like, where did you guys, where were you, where are you from? So Nick and I are both from Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. You might know it as where the pilgrims landed and founded this country. I'm, I'm going to take credit for that. Yeah. Um, and um, <clears throat> Cape Cod is a really weird place. And, you know, on the subject of friendship, I think that the Cape is really the reason I have such strong friendships because it is a tourist town, like in the mm. winter and in the fall and in the spring, that place is dead. Like, yeah. And all you've got, and like it, nothing stays open late. You've just got your friends and video games. Yeah, and um, like it is not a place that you stay after you turn eighteen. Like mm-hmm. if you stay there after you turn eighteen, you're like probably a lifer, which right. is to respect people who want to stay there for forever. Mm-hmm. But you know, unless you work in like landscaping or work in a restaurant, like it's not really going to be for you. And um, so we we came from from Cape Cod, and we used to play in bands together when we were younger. Um, basically. In seventh grade, let me tell you, let me tell you, my next, my next dichotomy has changed quite a bit. In seventh grade, Nick was a drummer and he was just like 
kind of this little fat kid. And I <laughs> was like cool, skinny guy. Yeah. Now the roles have changed because of metabolism. Yeah. Nick's, right. Nick's the cool, skinny guy and I'm the little <laughs> fat kid. Um, but basically I was in a band and I needed an amplifier. And mm-hmm. uh, I found out that Nick's dad was a guitarist. And I was nice. like, yo, could I borrow your dad's amp? I, we didn't know each other. But when you're 12, you can you don't have the fear of rejection. Mm-hmm. So like, so I was like, hey, can I borrow your dad's amp? And he was like, uh, yeah. And from that point on, we were just like boys. We just like yeah. played in bands together. We did everything together. And um, when we went to high school, I actually decided to go to a different high school mm-hmm. um, because where I'm from, you could actually choose where you went to high school. Yep. And Nick stayed where he was because he was in the marching band. He wound up being, oh, dude, what's it called? He was like the leader of the marching band. I have I no idea. I went to the lamest high school ever, man. We had like, like our extracurriculars were like math team, you know, oh, like, no. <laughs> we had a soccer team, but like, that was kind of it. Like we really, we did not have a lot going on in my, in my school. Um, drum major. Was he drum major? I don't so know. We have dude. to have him on where there's going to be yeah. like blanks in the store or corroborating uh, facts over there. Dude, for real. But anyway, so he was, he was all in on, on his high school and, uh, we kind of like fell apart because, you, you, I think you just don't realize when you're a kid, even when you're an adult, like the proximity factor. Oh, I, big time. I, mm-hmm. I think about this a lot. Same. Like how, how can you so much of your entire existence and the things that you're into or whatever are literally just based on where you were at the time? No like, doubt, man. That, <laughs> absolutely. Yes, Absolutely. Like who like introduced you to the thing? Like that's that's where the Slipknot thing came from. I was at a music store, a CD shop, and and back in those days, like you could just like grab a CD and listen to it, like yeah. pop it in, grab some headphones, which is unthinkable now to share yeah. those things with anybody else. Yeah, and that was real. like like terrifying. He's like, listen to this. Look at these guys and they're terrifying mass. I'm like, I don't think I should be listening to this Dude, at all. Slipknot gave me actual nightmares. Actual nightmares. Like, and I, I don't think it's happened since. I don't think that any other music could actually scare me anymore. No. But that actually happened. But you're right. You're absolutely right. I was in a football for a period of time. I was in a cars for a period of time. Like, and it's all just mm. about who are you around and wow. what are they into? Dude, you just dredged up like a super deep memory of mine because one of my best friends growing up who wasn't Nick was he was older than me and he was a big car guy. Yeah. And for a while I was like, yeah, I'll give a shit about cars. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but uh so whatever. So me and Nick wound up going to different high schools and we kind of fell apart, but before sure. like we had no smoke. We just like didn't talk really. Mm-hmm. And um I had told him about this rapper that I really loved, uh, I was really, really, and I still am really into independent hip hop. So I mm-hmm. loved artists like Atmosphere and Greaves and all this stuff. And I, I, he remembers the story differently than me. He told me that I told him about Greaves like beforehand. And then a couple years later, we were in driving school together. And I just remember seeing on his Facebook status these Greaves lyrics. And I messaged him, I was like, yo, you listen to Greaves? And he was like, you told me about him. And I was like, I don't remember that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but that was kind of like the link up again mm. where we started talking about music and whatever and uh you know and, and I, I mentioned in that episode nick and i have you know like any like any 14 year old friendship mm-hmm. we had our fair share of like our, of not not fallouts but conversations that test that tested the relationship because mm-hmm. we went to i i have this this way of me I can convince basically anyone to do anything Mm -hmm. and for better or for worse. I could see it. Yeah. (laughs) 
And um, I really wanted to go to the school called Curry College. And, and I don't know why I want to go there. Sounds delicious. I like, I found them and I was like, yeah, it's, it's, they got a good marketing program, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I found out that they actually didn't really have as great of a marketing program as I thought, but I had told Nick, I want to go there. We went to orientation. We had done all this stuff, whatever. And I just realized, Hey, I actually don't want to go here. And I, I had found a different school I wanted to go to. And I called them and told them, Hey, can I transfer to your school? Like, what are the options? And they're like, you'll probably get a better financial aid package if you take a year off and like do some shit with your life. And then interesting. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either, but apparently like first year applicants get way better financial aid than transfers. And I got like the best scholarship that Curry was going to offer me, but it was a private institution. It was like 50 K a year. And they were going to give me like, God, and they were going to give me like 12 K and that was their best thing. And I was like, Whereas Emerson gave me like a much better deal the next year. But what was your scholarship about? What was that like good grades in what? Or what was the just just good grades. Just good grades. Yeah. yeah. Which is crazy because I didn't even take like any AP classes or anything in high school, but yeah, I guess I guess they just liked my essay. Um but I I had I felt bad. I had like convinced Nick I wanted to go to the school. We had we were both like, Yeah, let's go to Curry. And uh, I had a girlfriend at the time who was a year Mm. older than me. Mm-hmm. Nice. Who had to who had nice who had to <laughs> taken a year off, and yeah. she got offers from NYU, oh, from yeah. from Bard College. Like she was she was getting all these opportunities, and I was like, man, if she can do it and get into NYU, yeah, I'm sure I could take a year off and be fine. And uh, you know, I called I called Nick, and I was like, hey, uh, I'm not going to go to Curry, and he was like. He was like, okay, well, like, you know, me and my dad think that you're making a mistake. Like you should, you should do this. And I was like, yeah. I'm sorry, but oh, I gotta, uh, I, I gotta, yeah. I gotta, gotta sit this one out. And, um, and it, it's really, it's moments like that when I think of, when I think back on like how, how much that friendship means to me, because, you know, w- when you can pilot, when you go from like being a kid growing up on Cape, you got nothing to do. All your friends are within like a 15 minute drive. Yeah. You spend like every waking minute with them mm-hmm. to the, to the times where it felt like it was never going to work, you know, yeah. like al- almost like, like for real, like a girlfriend or something, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and even we even had a similar conversation when we, when we took the move out to LA, right. Because um, basically we went our, went our separate ways education wise we were still boys sure. but um he was going to a school in framingham massachusetts and i was going to school in boston so we were like an about an hour apart yeah might as well be 10 though yeah like might seriously well be 40 hours yeah <laughs> right and um after he graduated a year before me because he didn't take a gap year smart mm. and uh he wound up coming to live with me in my apartment in boston and we were making music together like i was i was rapping he was making beats and we were like shooting videos for his band all this that's stuff that's awesome man yeah and um i super long story short had an opportunity to come shoot a music video in la with this indian american artist named raja kamari she had just signed a record deal with epic records so she had no team she had no nothing she was like super fresh and i knew one of her friends and i got in there to shoot this video for it and i went to la alone well not alone i went to la with like different friends who wanted to go to la mm-hmm. but nick wasn't one of them well, and what were your thoughts on la before that like is that something you'd wanted to go to or are you no. kind of like uh no so i had been to la to visit once before because dev mm-hmm. of the hq boys uh was dating a girl from pasadena 
um, and we went out to her house. And the first time I came to LA, I actually came out and I worked on some music videos and I like mm-hmm. had fun, but I came out like the weirdest weekend. Like it was raining. Yeah. And it yeah, was like cold. And I remember just being like, man, people love this place. Like, <laughs> yeah. People love this. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I remember I, I went back. I was working at the Apple store at the time. And everybody was like, oh, you're so talented. You're going to move to L.A., blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I don't think so, dude. Like, I don't yeah. like L.A. But then I came out and worked with Raja. And I saw a very different L.A. Mm. Like, I saw... I saw the glitz and the glam, you know, like yeah. she, she had this like crazy apartment and she had like, she had rappers in there who had worked with Rihanna and she had written for Gwen Stefani and Fall Out Boy and Iggy Azalea. I was seeing platinum plaques. I was like, holy shit, maybe this is, maybe this is kind of the real deal. Mm-hmm. And um, I went out there and I shot this music video for her that ultimately, and it's really crazy to look back on your life, probably even crazier for you. It's crazy to look back. much longer. I'm I'm losing pockets of it, Sean. But (laughs) but but it it is crazy to look back and just see like, oh, this is the thing that changed my course forever, dude. I talk about that almost on a weekly basis. Like I think about that kind of stuff all the time. Like, okay, well, if I was like literally, I can I can lock it down a lot of where I'm at right now to like whether or not I was going to be late or not to a class, which I was often late to Mm. class in college. I was happened to be there on time or actually early where they did a quick presentation on like an internship opportunity mm. i'm like mm. took that and that put me on a completely different path but if i missed my bus if mm. somebody got a flat a different red light missed the train whatever dude completely different i think about that stuff all the time and and what's even interesting what's even more interesting about the raja thing is that apple almost didn't let me go i remember right like, i i had told them hey like a month in advance i was like hey i got this opportunity to go to la work on a music video blah blah blah, blah. and the and the request came back as denied and mm. i just remember going to the store leader like above the management and i was like bro and i was like nobody i was just like a genius like i wasn't like important sure. you know um and i just remember going to him and i was like hey dude like i might have to quit like yeah. not mm-hmm. not as like a threat but i was like i really believe in this and like i gotta go and he was like you don't have to quit. I'll just get you the time off. Just go. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but that, that video for Raja, like it changed everything. Like mm-hmm. that video got shared by Timbaland. It was posted on paper mag. And like, this is right around the time paper mag was really big from that Kim Kardashian cover shoot. Should with I the- be like more nervous about talking to you today? Like what the <laughs> hell? dude? <laughs> Holy uh, shit. <laughs> no, I, I know a lot of famous people, but I'm, I'm not very cool myself. That's awesome. Um, but, uh, so that, that video really like set everything on fire. Yeah. And, I remember coming home and I just told Nick, like, I was like, dude, I, I think I have to move to LA when yeah. I graduate. I, Cause mm-hmm. I was still in college at this point. It was in my junior year of college that I went to LA and shot this video. And I was like, I think next year when I graduate, like I'm going to move to LA. And yeah. uh, he was in bands. He had a girlfriend in Boston. Like he was like, I don't think I want to go. And I was like, were you pitching it? Like, come with me. Or were you like, I think I've got to go. Was that implied? It, 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 I, uh, I, I would be interested. I would be interested to hear Nick's perspective on it. Sure. I, of course, wanted to come. I wish he, I lined him up to like friend. join the Zoom call like forty <laughs> minutes into our conversation. Like, get in here, Nick. He's right here. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I really tried to never force him. But like, he's my yeah. best friend. You know, of like, course. like of course. And, and, and at this point, we're doing everything together. We're making yeah, music. Yeah. He's helping me shoot my videos. Like, of course, I want him to come because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the kind of person where I, I'm, you know, it, it's really. On the subject of, of grime and, and rap that I really love, one of my favorite rappers, uh, Dave, just put out an album where he talks about like – he basically has a line that's like, 
you know, if, if I'm not helping my, my family eat, then like, it's kind of like being in first class in a plane that's going to crash, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that's really how I feel about it. Like, like, of course I, I want to bring him to LA. And of course I know that he's a drummer. He's a, he's a musician. Like I, I now have like a little gateway to these connections. Like yeah. I'm like, this is, this is what you should do probably. But, and you're an ambitious person too. Like you get a little, like you get a little crack in the door. You're going to kick that thing wide open. Kind of like you, I feel right. like you've probably always been that way. Like, oh, okay. Like there's, there's a chance. You're saying there's a chance. Also, the very first time, as you take a sip, the very first time I came into your guys' uh, show, which the, this is one of, speaking of just moments, um, the reason I found you guys is I was wrapping up. Normally, I record We The Gamer Cast on Monday nights, mm-hmm. and then I always go to over, whenever I finish up with my guests, I start to edit and stuff, and I, I just sort of habitually go to Twitch. Mm-hmm. And I almost never check like what my friends are watching. It kind of is on that left-hand side. Mm-hmm. So Alex Van Aken is watching mm-hmm. the HQ Boys. I'm like, I haven't talked to Alex in forever, so I'm going to jump into whatever the hell this is and say, hey, to Alex, because that's the super creepiest thing I think I've done in a little while. <laughs> and then I'm just kind of like, I actually kind of like this show, like Son hmm. of a Gun. So that's that's how I ended up. I don't know if I've ever expressed that to you. But that's how I, I found you guys, because Alex that's, was there. That so was I, so you never told me, but uh, Christian, Pixel Brave, mm-hmm. sent me the link to your podcast. He's like, yo, at the 54-minute mark, Sean explains how he found you guys. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. listen to this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so so that's how we communicate. That's when you're a podcaster and you're kind of in the community. You sort of like talk to each other through um, through your podcast. Through your episodes. So the reason that I went off on that, because you took another step and reminded me, I, I think I was making a reference to Kool-Aid in that episode. And it was because you had that giant thing that um, I was referencing, the Tom Segura and yeah, the, the other guy. <laughs> The water and bottle is huge. It, it's amazing. You know, and then I think it was actually a couple of weeks ago that you guys were watching them. I'm like, that's the one. Like, you guys would never remember that that's the reference I was making to another episode. But I'm like, I, that's, I have a couple of videos, a couple of things you kind of have like saved in your back pocket or wherever to go. Like, if I'm in a bad mood, I'm going to watch that. I'm going to, if I'm having like a bad day, I'm going to watch this like grown man have a 64 ounce of Kool Aid and watch Tom Segura laugh his ass off at him for about seven minutes. You know, I had never really thought of it, but yeah, it really is. It is like the exact same container almost from it looks that clip. Pretty close. I don't know. It's so big. Um, but uh, yeah, so so back back in the LA thing, I basically I really wanted Nick to come, but I didn't want to force him. Sure. And I had after the first video went crazy, Raja called me and she was like, "Hey, I need you to come back like this mm-hmm. month to shoot another video." And I was like, "Now, now I'm scheming. I'm like, no okay. pressure though." I'm like, how can I make this work to get Nick out here? And so mm-hmm. I ask her, and now I shot that first video mute completely alone. I had like the help of one dude, but yeah. it was a pretty simple, like running gun music video. She wanted to like rent. She's Hindu. So she has access to this temple and she wanted to shoot in the temple and rent lights and all this stuff. And I was like, I need another set of hands. So mm-hmm. I was like, Hey, you know, could you fly Nick out too to help me? He's like my guy. And she was like, yeah. And I told Nick and I was like, Hey, I've got an opportunity. You can come check LA out, I see if that. you want it. Yeah. And um, he came out and that video, not, it, it, it was a pretty big deal. It was the first video on, on VH1 in India to have like Sanskrit in the song and it got MTV EMA nominated. So I was Good a little, God, I was, a, I felt a little validated that, that I a wasn't little. like, just that I wasn't blowing smoke up Nick's ass, you sure. know, yeah. that, I, that I was like, this is for real. Like, this is what mm-hmm. I saw when I came out here, you know? And, um, he, he basically, it took about a year, but I, I eventually can convince him to go. I don't know 
what combination of it was it was it fully me was it he i know he broke up with his girlfriend did that help mm-hmm. did his was his dad i know his dad was kind of like you should go yeah um and yeah we, we are you close with his dad too like you borrowed his amp like have you sort of yeah. like yeah yeah we're, we're pretty close he texts me every year asked what's you call him for dad christmas Nah, <laughs> but but his his dad's nickname is Newman. Like everybody calls him Newman. Oh so. yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So so we're we're on a Newman basis. Sure. Um, but yeah, it was um the the move out here was was interesting because, you know, like we always say we come from Boston, but we come, we come from a place that is like so much smaller than that. Mm-hmm. And and Big Nick and Dev are also we're all from the same little tiny island basically. Yeah. And uh, but I think it it. it it, it it like strengthened those like bonds of friendship because you know I grew up an only child I don't have like a relationship with my mother really mm-hmm. so all I and I like I'm close with my dad and my my grandma of course my stepmom but like my friends really are like my family you know yeah. and I think going back to that episode of that rules that's why I get like so like fucking choked up and like emotional at like mm-hmm. any friendship stuff because to me like. I'll do it right now Um, because, you know, to me, like there are people in my life who should have been loyal to me and they weren't. Yeah. Yep. You know, like, like my, my own mother is like, sends me like insane messages on Facebook because she's out there. Mm -hmm. And so whenever people are loyal to me out of choice, yeah, like Mm -hmm. it, like it matters like so much more to me. And, uh, you know, I was, I was just during that episode of that rules. I was just, I was, there was a lot of friendship stuff going on. You know, mm-hmm. there was like the wreckful stuff. And if you haven't seen it, you should really watch the final fantasy 14 director. Just, like, Oh, I have seen, it. I knew exactly what you're talking about. I was, I was watching my mind as you were describing, I'm like, you're doing such a good job of like <laughs> just bringing me back to this thing. Cause yeah, like, and I don't know the, I don't know those individuals at all. Like I kind of was yeah. learning it as they were kind of uh, talking about it, but yeah, dude, like I just, I'm right with you. And this is what, one of the reasons why I want to chat with you today is because I, I do see, a lot of similarities between us friendship being one of like the biggest like literally i don't normally write a lot of notes like or even questions and when mm-hmm. i when i prepare for this thing but like literally friendship is the very first in my scribbly scrackly <laughs> writing nice. the first thing that i wanted to chat with you about because you know i there's a decade between us uh, but mm-hmm. i think you and i have had very um when i was when i was your age or younger when you know the high school years were very formative and they were very centered around friendships mm-hmm. and one of the things that i wanted to talk to you about as like your future self mm-hmm. is one of the probably one of the most painful things as you as I've gotten older, not just my back hurting all the time or my knees was <laughs> that separation because starting a family like shifting in focus, shifting in priorities and things like that. Like suddenly I couldn't hang out with my boys as much as I used to. And suddenly I wasn't going out with them every single weekend and things kind of changed. And that was something that like I don't know how anybody really could have prepared me for it, but I know that nobody yeah. talked about it. And that really mm-hmm. That was really painful. So when I was listening to you talk about friendship, I'm like, I'm, I was, I'm right there with you, but 10 years ago. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I'm so, I, and t- this is all to say, I'm so glad that you do, that you're verbalizing, you're, you're valuing the friendship because I don't know that I ever did in such a way. I wasn't into podcasting 10 years ago. I almost, mm-hmm. I don't even know if it really existed to, to this yeah. degree anyways. Yeah. So I'm really glad that you were, you were doing that and, and kind of just voicing that out there, man. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is I, I've gotten that like of some variation of that feedback, this is, this is something that's really weird. And I'm actually super interested to hear your uh, perspective on it. When we 
do our shows. We stream them live on Twitch, every, everything mm-hmm. we do. And I feel like in my mind, there are little segregated groups of our community where like every week it's going to be Nate ID, Lenny, Sean Capri in the chat. Yeah. And then I know on the YouTube comments, I can count on Chris G every week yep. to leave yep. some comment. And to me, like, I, it's not that I value the Twitch community more, but it's like more of when I think about recording the show sure. because I don't really think about like when it gets posted to YouTube or podcast services because you're, you're almost never getting that feedback, mm-hmm. you know, like, like it, it's kind of just like one way. I don't know who is listening. Totally. And that episode was really weird because it was, you know, it was direct to DVD. Like I didn't stream it because I was mm-hmm. like, I can't. I knew I was going to cry and I was like, I can't be doing this on on Twitch. And that it's like one of our most viewed episodes of that podcast got lots of comments in the discord about it. Mm -hmm. And it was from a lot of people just being like, Hey, like I didn't, um, you know, like, like I, like this one kid who listens to us. I think he's a friend of Devin's when he was like, you know, I moved out to wherever I live now and I don't have any of my friends. And whenever I like miss my friends, I listen to you guys. And like that episode meant a lot to me because it made me remember how much my friends mean to me. Yes. Or whatever. And I was like, man, it's one of those things where it's, it's almost like you just don't realize. And I, I don't know what your feedback loop is with your community, but it, it's so weird to like, it's weird to be perceived <laughs> in a mm-hmm. way, you know, yep. where I'm like, yep. where, where people are like, even you're like, Oh, I'm really glad you, you talked about that. And I'm like, man, I can't believe that that it that me talking into this microphone about nick mm-hmm. made somebody else feel something somewhere mm-hmm. else you know is that something is that new is that something that's like just becoming new like i don't know you guys i don't know how long you guys have been at it at this we've, point we've been like officially um producing content for a little over a year we launched yeah. in april of last year mm-hmm. and the community has definitely now started to grow outside of like our friends. Sure. But it's like, it's weird because like people come so often they are like, Oh, like this is my friend, Nate ID. Right. But I've never met Nate, (laughs) you Mm -hmm, know? mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, the, the feedback loop is, is definitely a little strange. Yeah. And it's the fact that I was like so vulnerable and it just went right online and then people loved it. I was like, man, that now I feel like a little deeper responsibility. Well, and then the reason I asked if it was new, because that was there was a certain point if we go far back enough in this show, like a certain point, like people just started coming on and like talking about their lives, like in a real way. Mm. I'm like, okay, like that's I'm up for that because I I hate small talk. Mm. Like I don't want to go like local sports team, like whatever. I I cannot stand that. And it was actually through doing this show that I even realized that that was a thing. I thought I was just shy. I thought I was just like, I thought I just didn't enjoy talking to people. I'm like, turns out I just don't like what other people are generally talking about. Like, I really enjoy talking about some real stuff. So, Mm. you know, and and there's there's a time and place for everything. And even this show has explored all sorts of different things. Sometimes you just go like, tell me about Pokemon for 45 minutes. Like, Mm. I don't know. That Mm. sounds great to me. Or sometimes we'll talk about like the importance of friendship when it comes to our existence on this planet. Like, you know, (laughs) it's sort of like everything in between. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's uh, sometimes we we have had... I, I, so HQ basically never does. We don't talk about like serious stuff that often because mm-hmm. our, our pitch generally, it was like, there's enough bad shit in the world. You know, people are like bummed out. Let's, let's just be 
the funny retreat for like yeah. an hour or whatever. Yeah. And there have been times where we have, where we like feel responsible that we should like talk about, we should talk about like black lives matter and we should try sure. to raise some money for it and whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and there was an episode basically I, I am kind of torn because sometimes they're like, I mean, how many times have you just gotten through whatever the hell you're dealing with mm-hmm. because you heard somebody that you look up to or you listen to is going through the same thing? You know, yeah, like I remember time. I remember in like 2018 or something, um, Andy Cortez from Kind of Funny was mm-hmm. just talking about going through a breakup. And I yeah. was going through a breakup at the same time. And I was like, just hearing him be like, I'm really fucking sad, but I'm trying to get through it. I was like, oh, I feel so much better. Yeah. <laughs> that like yeah. that yes. somebody else I know was was living through this, mm-hmm. and basically right before I got my job at Team Liquid, I was in a dark place. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I just had basically the way the whole pandemic played out, the pandemic. No, the way the whole pandemic played out, I didn't have. I got let go from Hundred Thieves in March, and I didn't have anything. I had unemployment, thankfully. LA was like, I was making more on unemployment than I was off unemployment, but there's like a super weird, like guilt associated with that to be like doing nothing with mm-hmm. every day and just making my money. And then, uh, there was like this weird stage. There was basically like f- the first, like six months of the pandemic, we got like extra unemployment assistance. And then they basically cut like $1,200 out of every paycheck going forward or uh, every month out of every paycheck. And I just started to be like really stressed because I like wasn't – I didn't have a lot of freelance video work going on. I had no money. The unemployment was going to wrap up in January. Big Nick was moving out. I didn't know who was going to live in that room. Mm-hmm. And I I just finally – I don't want to say I like broke down, but I was like I'm going to like talk to the guys about this because maybe I can't be the only guy stressing about this stuff mm-hmm. right now. And maybe some other people are going to – feel me on it and sure enough it's kind of almost like the the shanalog episode where people were like hey thanks for talking about that thanks for being vulnerable and talking about because you know i was like i was like i'm i'm 27 now i know there's gotta be some other 27 year olds who like feel like they don't know what they want to do with their life did they make a mistake by making these moves whatever Mm -hmm. and uh it was it's it's so tricky because at one on one point on one point I want to be I want to make sure that we're making stuff that just makes people happy, mm-hmm. and I also want to make sure that we're that we're being real enough with people that they yeah. know, not that like we're people too, but like that they're not alone. You know, like yeah. mm-hmm. that, that it's, it's not every week that everybody's like super fucking happy. It's like hey, sometimes I'm stressed about my life too. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. I always and I often wondered about that with you guys too because you all like do you live together? Do you guys all like where do you come together? Is there two so, of you that live together? Nick and I live together. Nick lives mm-hmm. right across the hall, and mm-hmm. Big Nick used to live downstairs. Uh, so basically, me and Nick moved out to LA together. Devin had already lived out here because of that girl, mm-hmm. and Big Nick wound up getting a divorce and needed somewhere to live. Mm-hmm. And Nick and I were like, okay, let's get a three bedroom. Unit. That's tough when friends start getting divorced, man. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was like it was like the loss of losing your friend to a marriage, and then like I get him back because of the divorce, right? Um, but um, <laughs> yeah. so you know he goes to the divorce and uh, he moves in with us, and that was really when HQ was kind of born because Big mm-hmm. Nick and I had been doing we've been doing like remote podcasting and like making clothes and vlogs and whatever, and HQ was kind of just the next like natural progression to that, yeah. Um, and I think 
I think it was so much easier because we lived together because we could like talk about the show, carpool the show. Yeah. You know, it, it was a lot easier to like workshop stuff because even now, Big Nick remote, sometimes like sometimes we just like don't talk until Wednesday. When we yeah, isn't that crazy? It is yeah. really crazy. I'm jealous a little bit too. Like there's so many and, and you probably know, like you, you look around everybody creating podcasts. We're all doing it the same. We're doing it like this. We're doing it on, yeah. on Zoom or whatever, whether we're in the same city and just on the other sides of it or you yeah. know, like the fact that you can do it in person is like automatically next level you know in terms of production the way it sounds the way you interact with each other like the way that you live together outside of it it all culminates into something that will automatically just take you five notches above where you would be otherwise yeah and that's something that we that's something that we thought about a lot like trying to think about like what is our x factor and we Mm -hmm. noticed that in january of this year there was like la was like supposed to be on lockdown and we we had preemptively been like okay well let's let's take the month off and do it all from home viewership was way down like yeah. no, nobody gave a shit because mm-hmm. because of like because i think that the appeal really is like you're just seeing your boys yeah. be dumbasses together mm-hmm. and up until pretty recently there was a world where i was gonna move to japan and uh we were talking about like what does this look like? Like, do people give a shit if we're not mm-hmm. in the same room? Do we give a shit if we're not right. in the same room? Yeah, that's more important, really. Yeah. I mean, that starts, it has yeah. to start there. But but there have been, I feel like the pandemic forced a lot of people to go remote, and I've been so impressed by how people are able to pull off these crazy productions. Right. Like um, Funhouse shoots like whole content videos remotely, like yeah. over Discord and Zoom. Like, I think that's, so cracked and and to me i was kind of torn because i was like ah like i don't want to like lose you guys because i want to go like do this other thing but that's not can you talk about can you talk about what was pulling you to japan what was happening yeah so it was an olympics thing right like you were you were training on the side um (laughs) yeah yeah um no so uh basically this is the first time i've talked about this and so thankfully it's not to my community so maybe they'll never know all right um I've been dating this Japanese girl for two years ish now. And, uh, she was here on a visa. The visa's running up. Basically she, she's not working at the place anymore. So she has to go home. And we had had a lot of conversations about, um, what's the next plan? You know, like, mm-hmm. are, like, are we, are, are we going to get married? And that I'll tell you what I could talk about. I could talk about this for forever. The process of dating someone not from your country is fucking insane Mm -hmm. like at least i don't know what it's like in canada or even in japan but america is so far up their own ass about Mm -hmm. like how how you can like like if ali didn't get a green card from her job or become a student or get married we our relationship was tied to this internship right like and and it just feels like so unfair because we're forced to start talking about marriage and kids and like we haven't even decided like how we want to set up the living room because that all bypasses every like you get married and then she's good like she can live here that's just an automatic sort of like citizenship type of deal yeah yeah and and it's like but it's like we just didn't feel ready to like have these kind of convos you know Mm -hmm. like like i'm i'm still trying to find out if i like you not really but you know um and so we (laughs) So we basically had to have like a lot of conversations really fast. And mm-hmm. one of the conversations was about kids. And mm. I – do you have kids? I have two, yeah. But I, I, I've had hard conversations about that as well about, you know, if we can't have kids, would we adopt? 
and this is just a quick, very deep story. Um, early on dating, dating my wife, uh, who, who later became my wife. I was like, yeah, like, I love you. I will like, I would adopt. And when we were trying for kids, the first kind of couple go rounds, like, what if this doesn't work? Like, would we adopt? Like we said we would. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to now, like when it becomes like, it's, it's different, it's different. It's, it's totally, totally different, you know? And that was a very, I remember being a very stressful time for me because going mm-hmm. like, this is kind of the thing that breaks up marriages, you yep. know, like you kind of had, we had the chat and I said yeah. what I said and I'm like, I don't know if I can. So luckily things through. worked out, but golly, like that. And a good friend of mine just adopted and um, has a, kind of an extreme case too. Like, and it's just like the, what he and his wife went through for the adoption is like, I think that's kind of why I wasn't sure if I could go through it. So yeah, yeah. like th- those are very, they're very important conversations to have, yeah. but holy, yeah, very yeah, like, like, like it was, a, it was a conversation we needed to have and it mm-hmm. was like a question mark on the relationship, but it was like, I, I felt very frustrated. Cause I was like, dude, I, I feel like I'm getting robbed right now. Like, mm-hmm. like I want to, I want to move into a house with this girl. I want to find out we don't have a living room down here. I want to find out what it's like to sit on the couch with her and watch TV. Yeah. But, but right yeah. now I got to figure out if I want to have a kid. And as, as mm-hmm. I've given you most of my life story now, mm-hmm. I kind of just got, I, done- I doubt most. <laughs> okay. Not, not most, <laughs> but, but you got the spark notes. I kind of just got done being a kid. You know, like uh, absolutely, like yeah. like I'm I'm 27 now. I met Ali mm-hmm. when I was 25. Yep. I had just been out of college for a couple of years. Like I wasn't ready to to have another to have mm-hmm. another kid. Well, to have a kid. Yeah. Um. Scoop. And and Ali is older than me. She's 32. Yeah. So she she's on a different timeline. You know. Right. Like yeah. Yeah. And and basically we had to have like a pretty serious conversation about like we love each other. This but we're just getting owned, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like we're just getting owned by everything. So, uh, she leaves the end of the month and we decided to call it quits. Sounds so dramatic, Oh man! but you know, but to yeah. just, to let it, to let it be what it is. Sean. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but, but prior to that, before we had like, basically what happened was we had, when we were trying to figure out how the hell to keep her here, we're like, let's just get married. I love you. Fuck it. And then we're like, okay, but what about kids? Like, do you mm-hmm. want kids? I don't really want kids. And the thing about me that this is something I thought about when I was working at Apple, the market leader came around. He was like telling us a story. He was like, look, you don't know what's going to happen in three weeks or three That's months true. or three yep. years. Yep. And I think about it so much when I mm-hmm. say I don't like things or I don't want to do things or whatever mm-hmm. because I, you, I don't know, dude. I, I hated editing videos. I mm-hmm. hated it when I was shooting videos. And now I edit full-time for Team Liquid. Yeah. And 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 I like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. so so when I say like I don't want kids, I'm like I know I definitely don't want kids right now. Yeah. But but maybe when I'm maybe when I'm 32. This is what I mean. This is you being wise beyond your years, you know, (laughs) like this is, and I was actually, it's funny, not exactly the same thing at all, but I was just talking about that earlier today on another podcast about how like my first reaction to Skyward Sword HD was like, why would they do that one? Give me something else. Like I didn't like that Mm. game and I just wrapped it up. I'm like, I loved it. Like I had so much fun playing it. So like, I don't know, man, like what, what do I know? (laughs) Like everything I say could be totally different in 38 minutes. Like who knows, dude. And that's what I'm saying. And that comes with this almost like weird, like, uh, I don't want to say guilt, but like kind of guilt where I'm like, ah, you know, I'm saying I don't want kids, but what if I decide I want kids? You're and, just really self-aware. And, you and I are the same in that way. Very self-aware, mm-hmm. but also 
I don't know, like, because I used to say the same thing. And then suddenly when, like, Chelsea came into my life, it was like, well, that's obvious. Like, it sounds Mm. so cheesy to say, but, like, that's the mother of my kids. Like, Mm. that was it. It was just so – I feel like I'm very lucky in that way because it was was so clear, Mm. you know? I was – And it's also – it's – it's tricky for for guys, I think. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like I I think that that society makes women believe that they like need kids, and guys are like, I'm a fucking dude, man. I'm yeah. gonna like hang with the bros and have mm-hmm. sex with women. So <laughs> so you know, it's just like a like kind of different structure, different folks sort of deal. Mm-hmm. And and even my dad, dude, like my dad didn't want kids. Yeah. And then and then he found out that he had a son, and he was mm-hmm. like, hell yeah. This is going to be the dopest thing in my whole life. I love that. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, ultimately I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm talking very like surgically about it, but it's just because we've spent many, many a week crying over this decision. Oh man. No kidding. Um, but uh, yeah. So now we, but before that, before we had, we had the conversation about, do we want kids? And we, and we, I said, no, she said, yes. Big explosion. Very, very sad. Very crying. We're like, Oh, we're going to break up. Then I was going through like, almost like, you know, now that I look at it, it kind of was like the stages of grief, you know, like I was yeah. like, I was like, well, what if, what if I just tried a little harder? Like, what if we hung out a little bit longer and I could figure out if I want to have kids, you know? So for a while I was like, fuck it. I'm going to go to Japan. I'm working from remote. I'm editing. Like mm-hmm. I can bring my, I, you know, a steam decks coming out I'll yeah, go to across the, the river thing. <laughs> yeah. You know? And I was like, I'm, I'm going to go. And, um, now that, now that Owie's you know, D Day is coming, so to speak. Good we're, God, we're kind of like, is this smart? Like, yeah. it, like, does this actually make sense for us? Mm-hmm. And uh, we agree the answer is no. But that is why I'm not going to Japan. Mm. And the only upside to that is I can still do the HQ cast in person. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we started to talk about that. Yeah. Oh, dude. So it's so a lot going on in your life right now, man. So you throw on a little bit of Naruto and then, you know, feeling yeah, pretty heavy. I know. I'm watching Naruto. And I'm just crying. Yeah. Know? But it's because they're all doing the friendship stuff. But, but I got to get I, into this. Where are you watching it? And like, this is dude, this is the thing. Oh, you got, got the DVDs or Blu-rays right there? What I, is that? I got the Blu-rays. Oh, so, my God. So I was watching it. Okay, let me tell you about Naruto. <laughs> let's, let's, let's come up for air for a second. Okay, uh, this is point number one, two, three, four. Yeah, this is – also, oh, damn, dude, next thing on my list is Mass Effect. Like one of the first okay. things, Naruto and Mass Effect. Okay, like, again, let's go. One of the first things that uh, I was listening to you guys talk about was like you were like Mass Effect. You are like telling Nick all about Mass Effect. Like, you and I need to talk about Mass Effect dude, a little bit. for real. But uh, um, Naruto, Naruto. <sighs> So I started watching on Crunchyroll and Mm -hmm. I was torn because the content of the episode was so good, but the visuals were so bad. And just the streaming, just the streaming. And like, it's an old show. It's from the two thousands or something. So, or the nineties, I forget. Yeah. Ancient stuff. It's like, but it's like, it's like 480p, you know, on my like 4k TV. It looks atrocious. Mm -hmm. Dude, it's for real. And (laughs) And I started – I basically – it was on Twitter and a coworker of mine posted a TikTok of – there's a scene where Kakashi like does this thing they do in Japan called Kancho where they like – they put their fingers together and then like jam their fingers in your ass. Kind of like – you know how – you know how Just like – a little tickle. You know how like in high school you'd like credit card somebody? You know? <laughs> it, it's, like, it's like the Japanese version of a credit card. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so I – he, he posts this clip and it is – HD and yeah. I and I start to realize what the f- how where can I access this incredibly sharp version of Naruto <laughs> and I did some research and I found out that they actually have been releasing the Blu-rays 
like every three months or so. They were. I love a new that you're set. holding physical media right now. Like this is warming my heart right now, dude. Okay, but let, let me tell you the downside to it. Oh no. The downside to it is I play them off my PS5. Oh yeah. And I actually am like a big like physical media game sicko. Like I love mm-hmm. buying physical games. So I have to decide every night, am I going to watch Naruto or am I going to play Final Fantasy? Right. So I, so I actually took a little break from watching Naruto when I was playing Ratchet and Clank because I was like, I'm not going to take the disc out every time. Um, dude, they need a PlayStation 5 with like a 5 disc changer. They need a dude, PS5 disc changer. Like dude, a little carousel saying, or something. <laughs> I'm saying, yeah. Yeah, don't, don't give me the disc. Don't give me the digital only version. Give me the, <laughs> give me, the other way. <laughs> give me the five discs. Um, How have I never thought of this before? Dude? That was like my know. that was my stereo back in the day. I was like, change it to disc three. <laughs> I know, basically doing, doing DJ mixes live mm-hmm. on the stereo. Yeah, dude. Um, but Nardo is actually like it is so good, dude. Like if mm-hmm. you, I I was talking about this the other day, but like Nardo, I really do think is better watched as an adult because yeah, you're able to see the things that these kids are going through through the lens of an adult. Like, yeah. like there's a scene where, where Rakui is like trying to catch all these leaves and he's like, Oh, you know, if I, if I, if I catch all these leaves, then Sakura will love me. And if I don't, then she'll never love me. And like, how many times were you a kid running the mile and you're like, Oh, if I, if I do the mile in six minutes, Emily Blodgett's going to have a crush on me. But, mm-hmm. but if I don't, then she'll never love me. Like I, I, I felt so seen in yeah. watching that yep. scene, you know? And it, the, uh, like I'm until you I, realize it comes full circle and you realize the reason you were thinking that is because you actually watched that as a kid and it planted <laughs> the thing in your head well no <laughs> no no dude this is my first watch through of, of course Nardo ever um but but yeah it's a uh, it is really it's it's just like a show about friendship and it is just so good do you watch any anime at all See, this is the thing. I'm going to come off as a bit of a poser because okay. I like this is the whole thing. Like, this is why I do the show because no, the short answer is no. But like every now and then somebody will come on with like a favorite anime of theirs. I'm like, tell me more. Like there's a, a good friend of mine, Jace, if, if he's listening, he's like, you can't watch Naruto if you're not going to watch like Totoro or something uh, like that. Like there's uh, all these other things he's recommended that I've still on. I've got on the docket like this whole, well, like what Sony just bought like Crunchyroll or something like that yeah. today, I think. And yeah. God knows what that what that's going to do. Like I need to. That's a big gap for me. And maybe one of the big positives for me having kids is mm. like, I'm like, this is the year for Pokemon for me. Like mm. I'm getting into Pokemon. I missed it when I was a kid. I will oh. surely be getting into Minecraft as my, as my son gets a little older and maybe yeah. my daughter, like my kids are really into it. So yeah, I'm gonna, I got a second chance here, you know, That's for sick. some of these things. Dude, I, I think, I think Naruto would be sick, but I, I do understand the, the visual gap. Like, but that's the thing that i don't really have like and that's like and you're wearing the persona 4 shirt right now that was one of my big like um on ramps into it where i'm like i had a mental block where i'm like "Eh, they all kind of look the same like haha like cutesy music and whatever and then i'm like this game has my whole heart and soul like holy crap and kind of just opened my mind to all of that stuff so yeah it was a bit of a it's probably cliche to say but yeah Mm. it was sort of not just like Japanese role playing games, but like Jap- like anime, all the stuff. Like I'm I'm into it, man. I don't have the my my arms crossed anymore. Like yeah. maybe I did ten or fifteen years ago. Well, and I think that it is like I think like people my age, like you've probably missed like the Toonami era. Mm-hmm. But but Toonami was like it was the gateway drug, man. Like I was talking yeah. to Howie last night actually about how much I, and I it's little things that you forget. Like, dude, I had I had a dog when I was a kid named after 
the wife of the antagonist from Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. And I didn't even realize that, like, when you're a kid, you don't know. You don't think about the world, man. Like, I didn't know that was, like, a Japanese cartoon. Totally. It was just on Cartoon Network, you know? So, But when I was a kid, like, growing up, I was super into Dragon Ball Z. Huge. Mm -hmm. I had no idea that was, like, anime. I was like, Goku's just dope, you know? And and same thing with things like Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh!, and but I had a similar thing to you where when I when I found out like what anime was and there mm-hmm. was like a stigma associated with it, I was like, yeah, whatever. All you guys smell like piss, and I don't like anime. Yeah. And then I realized, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and and then I realized, wait a second, there's actually a lot of stuff that I do like mm-hmm. that is secretly anime. You know, I yeah. liked Freedom Wars in the Vita. Nice. That's anime. Damn. I yeah. liked Persona 4 Golden. Dude, no that's doubt. That's anime. That, those are the ones. It's actually, that's where, like, they kind of, like, sneak attack you. Like, yep. Persona is obvious, you know, yeah. but it is those other things that are, like, yeah, Freedom Wars is a great example of that, dude. Dude, absolutely. Like, it, like it's so anime. And, and there's there's tons other that I'm sure aren't, just aren't coming to mind right now. But well, you know, it was Ian. Ian, actually, hmm. Ian Preschel was one who got me really into it because I was really enjoying his show that he was doing uh, a while back with uh, A Plus Anime. I'm like, I can listen to this. Like, I could really like this is this is my list. This is what I'll be getting into. I never ended up doing it, but I just like once I started. And also, there's this sort of weird like we're all joking about it. We're not sure if everybody's joking about it. Like, are we really having crushes on these cartoon characters? Yeah. It's kind of fun to talk about, like who's best girl kind of thing. Like, that's yeah. it's just fun, you know. Like, it's just kind of I don't know. Like, Fire Dude. Emblem is another like you Fire know, Emblem. Thank you, Fire Emblem. That's what I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, I, I guess it's anime. Like, absolutely it is. Like, what do you mean? Dude, like, if, if you've, did you play Fire Emblem Awakening? Yeah, like, I did. I, I was the one after it was Birthright that I ended up getting Birthright. really into. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. so same thing in Birthright. Those cutscenes are anime as hell. Totally. Mm-hmm. Like, and actually that was one of the ones I realized where I was like, oh, I actually, I guess I do like anime. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like those cutscenes mm-hmm. are so crazy. You want to know what's funny on the subject of am I, am I too old or am I just not in on it? A big thing that changed for me during the pandemic was K-pop. Like, oh I, yeah, mm-hmm. like I, whenever I remember very specifically working at Hundred Thieves, and a lot of like employees at Hundred Thieves and the players are Korean, so mm-hmm. Blackpink came to LA and like the whole squad went out to yeah. see Blackpink, and I remember being like, God, these like, these guys, man, <laughs> like K-pop for real, mm-hmm. and. uh I was actually driving Owie to Ian's house, funny enough, and the new Blackpink song came on the radio and I I didn't know who it was and I was mm-hmm. like, wait, this song's really good. And, and Owie's like, oh, that's Blackpink. And then I was like, oh. What? I was like, okay, then I guess, I'll, I guess I'm just an asshole. Like, I, let mm-hmm. me give it a shot. And, mm-hmm. and I gave it a shot and it <laughs> yep. was, and it was really good. Can I tell and, you the truth? I had the same moment with Backstreet Boys back in whatever, like 1997 really? or something. I'm like, I like this song in the radio. Like, this is how old it was. It was on the radio. Mm. And, and uh, they're like, that was the Backstreet Boys. I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> like, I, I just liked it. It's like I know, discovering it's, something I shouldn't really like. But absolutely. Feel, you feel like you got caught. But but the, the K-pop <laughs> thing was, was kind of the same thing where it's like, I was like, damn. To, are all these guys like really obsessed with these girls or is it just fun to be like, mm-hmm. Oh, she's the cutest one or whatever, uh-huh. you know? And, and it was actually through talking with Owie where like she, she was like, Oh, I love Momo or I love Mina. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just like, it's just harmless fun. Granted in every community, there's like sickos going mm-hmm. like sicko mode. Yeah. But for me, it's like, Oh, it is just kind of nice, but it's really funny because my manager, he'll never listen to this. I'll talk shit, whatever. He runs a really big YouTube channel. 
mm-hmm. where he edits stuff and he explains how to edit stuff. And I asked him one day, I was like, oh, have you ever thought about doing a breakdown of K-pop videos? Because as a music video guy with my roots, those videos are nuts, dude. Like the edits they pull off, the stuff that they're shooting, it's like a lot of green screen stuff. And he went, no, lol, I would never do that. And I was like, you're annoying. Like, I get it. I get like hating the K-pop thing, but I'm like, you could at least look at it as like an artwork because you're totally because you're like the editing guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think that I draw a lot of similarities between that and anime because I kind of had the same journey with both, you know, where I was yeah. like, I was a hater until I wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Not, and you have enough of those experiences that like you kind of stop closing your mind to things. At least I have anyways, yeah. where I'm like, changed my mind about God knows how many things so far. So like, what do I know? Yeah, you know it's it's pretty cliche too. Like as you get older, you realize like the more you know, the more you don't know, and that kind of stuff. That yep. whole journey. So it's that that's that's definitely been interesting. So I gotta man, I gotta check out Naruto. Damn it, my <laughs> list, dude. Like I just, you know what the thing is, and I don't know if you guys find this too, but like a lot of what I do is really driven by podcasting. Like it was kind of like one of the reasons I even got into like originally was writing about it. Where I'm like, I feel like there maybe should be a point to me spending my time in this way. So I guess I'll write almost like a book report on this, on this, uh, on this video game, and that kind of turned into podcasting everything so the reason i don't watch as many movies as i'd like to or watch as many animes because i don't have a podcast about them right now yeah. is kind of where i'm at with That's, it but well I feel and like if do, i did and you want to know what's funny is that rules we really treat it like that like i was totally. like I, I gotta have something to be into this week let mm-hmm. me watch naruto what that's I why i'm s- jealous of the format about the name the format even the fact that like your topics it's not like topic one topic two is like what's your that's rule that rule yeah and i love that mm-hmm. what i will say if, if you want to give it a shot literally just watch the first episode this was the yeah. challenge that nick gave to me because i told him no nah, i'm not gonna watch naruto that shit's way too long i'm not getting into it whatever mm-hmm. and now i'm like obsessed like i got a i got a naruto jersey drying right now like I'm all in. So just, just trying right now. Just just watch the first episode. Laundry status. <laughs> just watch, watch the first episode. It's 22 minutes. I'm and down, man. I think I think you'll get hooked. I like it. Oh man. Well, dude, I can, man. Are you okay for time? Like, I, I do want to. Man, I you, feel like we need like a part two on this. Whatever you want to do, I'm good with. Uh, okay, we'll do Mass Effect and then we'll have you come back if you're cool with it. Sounds um, good. I want to. Like, I feel like the other thing too that I, I, I this is a, a rare sort of chat because i feel like i can just say like naruto go and then you'd kind of do your thing and i'm like yeah me too and then i'll do kind of like that's that's exactly why i wrote wrote these notes down like this i'm like friendship let's talk about friendship and i feel like that's something special man that's something that not not many people can do that like some people need to be like kind of walk down a path or something or maybe we need to arrive there but i you just have like your brain seems to work in this way where you go like okay i'm gonna access like this part and then just it's a gigantic encyclopedia that we're gonna explore a little bit well you know it comes from when i worked at the apple store because i Mm -hmm. used to hate how awkward it was in genius bar appointments and i realized that if i just didn't shut the fuck up then we could get through it yeah (laughs) you know so i was like i was like i'll just carry the weight then Mm-hmm. I always wonder that too, like even with podcasting as well, like for me, it's through podcasting, although I should, I maybe sell myself a little bit short on that front. Cause I was in, I was in sales for a little while. I was serving tables. So like that all kind of like maybe kind of oh, serving from tables. Huge. Yeah. Huge. Like that's, that's, and everybody should do it. Like all yeah. those jobs, everybody should probably yeah, I, have. It. I, I used to be a bus boy. So mm-hmm. I, I mm-hmm. agree. Classic. Uh, Mass Effect. One of the things, was it you trying to get Nick into it or were you yes. just like hyped on the legendary? <laughs> so edition? I, 
so this is actually, you know, I, I, I say this a lot. Nick and I, like, we're best friends. We couldn't be more different in some mm-hmm. aspects. When I was a kid, I was, like, fucking junked out on Mass Effect because yeah, I, had, yeah. I had a friend. All of my friends are older than me. Like, like my friend Bill, who got me into Mass Effect, I think is 32. And, getting up there, holy. <laughs> um, but <laughs> – but he, but but like when you're when you're 18, or sorry, oh, yeah. when you're when you're 16, like a 21 year old is a oh, different yeah. person. Mm-hmm. Like like me, like a 27 year old to a 32 year old, we're the same now, yeah. basically. Yeah, you know. But not when you're a kid. Like that I think dude, that all the time. Mm-hmm. Like that dude was tapped into some different stuff than me, and he he just told me like, hey man, this game is cracked. You mm-hmm. should check it out. And I played the first one, and I don't really have ton, a ton of memories of it, but I liked it enough to play Mass Effect 2. And Mass Effect 2, I remember going to the midnight release for that game. I got the, the – I have a photo of me from whatever 2012, whatever, holding the sealed copy of it. Yeah. And uh, that game, like, changed how I look at video games. Mm-hmm. Like – as it should. I, like I was like, I'm like crying over character deaths. I'm like, I'm in love with Garrus. Like, how how can this be real? <laughs> and and I just remember t- t- telling Nick, like, dude, this game. When he was younger, like he wasn't like he wasn't doing it like we were doing it, you know. And um, he basically started he tried to play the trilogy. We got it for like seven bucks and he played it and he realized that the first game is basically unplayable. Like Mm, that game mm -hmm. is really bad. It's pretty rough. Yeah. And when the legendary edition came out, I mean, I'm like jumping for joy because it's my favorite series of all time. And I'm like, dude, you have to play this game. Like, like I promise you, I, I didn't even know like how much they fixed the first game. And I was like, I promise you, you're the lore guy. You're going to love the codex. Yeah. Like, yeah. just just play the game. And now mm. he's like, he's cracked out on it. He played Mass Effect 1. He like, he left no stone unturned. And uh, now he's in Mass Effect 2. And he's like, whoa, like, this is a really cool cast of characters. The gunplay is so much better. And I was like, it's crazy to watch him do stuff that yeah. I did 10 years ago. Yeah. Were you ever worried that you were hyping it up too much? Like, I get a sense that. that yes. Like, because <laughs> that, that can be a thing, you know? Like, yeah. although like you just talk about Naruto for whatever. And it's like, I'm, I'm not worried that I, that it's overly hyped, but like, I mean, you also know each other very well. So, but it means a lot to you. Like you want them to like it. Like there's a lot riding on this. Yeah. It, that, that was really tough. And I just, I don't know. Like I said, like I said, at the beginning of this episode, I'm, I'm pretty good at getting people to see things my way, <laughs> you know? So I was like, <laughs> I was like, dude, I fucking promise you, you're going to like it. And there were times where he was like, where he was like, oh, this this thing is really dumb. Like, I didn't remember this. Do you remember that you needed gas in Mass Effect 2? Yeah, yeah, I, I, compl- dumb. I completely forgot about the mechanic. And mm-hmm. he told me, and I was like, hey, I'm going to keep it real with you. I forgot that existed, and that is stupid. That is but, real dumb. But the game is good. Like, I'm so, sorry. So basically, anytime you're in space and you have any vehicle that needs gasoline, mm-hmm. like Star Wars 8, yeah. it's, a stupid, it's a stupid thing. It's, it's a stupid so thing. Stupid. You got to go to like... They basically have fuel stations. They right? do have fuel stations. Yeah. 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 It was. But like those are the so things dumb. like the game is so great that you totally overlook it. Completely like, forgot. In the moment or definitely like as time goes on, you're like, oh, damn. Like what? Like what were they? What were they thinking? You yeah. Know, to gamify that, to have some other system built yeah. into that. Just like 
just making travel. it like arbitrarily long for no reason or to like um, even just be mindful of like wandering around like you're moving your ship but you're like i i'm mostly just kind of moving around the map yeah like, like i'm just not, moving the cursor right <laughs> like, right yeah i'm not actually thinking i'm driving yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. um but no mass effect i mean for me like i played a lot of different games when i was younger but mass effect was the first one that like it just like cracked like mass effect was the first game to me where i was like holy sh- games are different mm-hmm. than than like movies or tv like like I was really into Oblivion and Morrowind sure. when I was younger and like Skyrim. Mm-hmm. But there is something about the way the story is told in Mass Effect that like it made me like a lifelong gamer, which is yep. so stupid. But I, I feel like that. I feel like I've been chasing the high of Mass Effect for forever. Yep. And I was never able to find it really until Yakuza. Interesting. Really? Because yep. I just did like maybe the first I think ten hours of like a dragon, so I'm not okay. really I'm not I'm not quite there yet. But I could mm-hmm. hmm, tell me actually tell me more. I, like I, I maybe could see where you're going with this because there's so, definitely like a lot of storytelling things like that. A ton of storytelling. So I haven't played much of like a dragon. Full transparency. I'm probably in in like a dragon. I got to. Have, have you been thrown into like the homeless camp? Not even like I got out of jail. Like I don't even know if I'm ten hours. I might have made that up. Okay, so so yeah. shortly after that, you wind up in some like homeless camp, mm-hmm. and so I, I'm I'm like just about where you are. Mm-hmm. Those games don't get like super good until like twenty hours in, and I hate to be sure. that guy. Like, oh, you yeah, gotta yeah, watch yeah. two seasons. Yeah, it's not like you can test this. It's not like the game is bad or, or totally. it's not like, but there there reaches a payoff in those games that is like crazy so mm. i got really into once again bill my he's like my arbiter of my video game knowledge <laughs> he he got really into yakuza zero and he played through all of them and yakuza zero there's just something about the characters like kiryu and majima like you just get there i have this like affinity for characters that are like bad people in quotes but mm-hmm. like but really good hearted because i feel like that describes like a ton of my friends growing up like i have i have friends who are just like these big gnarly dudes would would beat you up for at the drop of a hat but they're like the most like protective understanding like loyal people you know sure. mm-hmm. and it's actually really funny when red dead 2 came out i don't know where you fall on this a lot of people hated red dead 2 and i fucking loved it oh i wish i wish i i'm i would like to go back to it but uh. the, the okay the pacing of the game sucked but mm-hmm. i really liked arthur morgan as a character because i don't even know who he is couldn't even tell is that the main guy like that's yeah. where i'm at with it i'm just like I, so i i totally understand that the, the pacing of the game is really bad but there are mm-hmm. scenes where Arthur, I mean, he's a bad dude. Like he's robbing people, he's killing people, and he kind of has this like come to Jesus moment. And I'm, I cried playing that game, yeah. dude. Uh, and and I, I see, I don't want that. Like I want that so badly. And I've heard people discuss that as well. And I want. There's so many other things though. Like I bought that like day one. I was pre-ordering. Like that was one of my like no-brainers. Can't be bad. Yeah. And I played them like I just don't like this game. Oh. Did you Did you even get out of like the snow zone? No. No, nope, uh, the snow is not a good time to – and I'm Canadian. Like I live that. Like it should be fine. It should be like, all right, this is my comfort zone. I, but I no totally thanks. I totally understand that. And and I, But that that character was a massive payoff for me. And same thing with Yakuza. I'm, I've played right now 0, 1, and 2 and mm-hmm. Part of Judgment. And like at the end of every game, I'm just like bawling my eyes out because 
this is the theme. We've now found the theme for the episode, guys. There is just this like loyalty in every like Yakuza game and not even like on some gang loyalty. Like Kiryu is just, and he's not the main character for like a dragon, but it's the same kind of deal. You just watch these characters grow and build connections just like mass effect. Mm -hmm. And, and you just see the lengths they go through to like keep each other safe and things like that. And, uh, at the end of, at the end of Yakuza one, Kiryu is like ready to pack it up and go home. He's like, I'm, I'm done with this shit. And his friend is like keeping him honest. And he's like, mm-hmm. what do you mean? Like you have, you have a lot of responsibility now to like, he like is like in charge of this little girl. And he's like, you like, you have to live for somebody other than you now. And I think about how many times I've, I've been wanting to give up or call it quits or like, you know, not do this thing. And then, Brendan or Bill or Nick or Big Nick is like has to check me and they're like mm-hmm. you you owe it to yourself to be better than that you know you have such a great group of friends that you have like legit a real life like set of animated characters around you and I'm discovering here too that I think part of what makes that so compelling is because everybody is so principled in it mm-hmm. sometimes it can maybe come across as like two two dimensional or one dimensional even in these characters that like they have their thing and they're going to stick by that. But in mm. the end, like I found that in like Scarlet Nexus as well, where like eventually oh. things kind of like everybody had a bit of a journey at mm. the end. Like I thought you were this, but like son of a gun, there's this other side of you. And that was, that was a payoff enough for me. And I think also the thought that came up as you're talking about this is like, are we also discovering that is mass effect an anime in space made by kinda Canadians? Like kinda, maybe a little, maybe bit. kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that mass effect is, like I said, like like the high of of just the relationships and the story and like what Shepard goes through, mm-hmm. I just I didn't find anything that hooked me and made me want to know everything about it until Yakuza. And Yakuza was special because I was like, I can go to Japan. Because yeah. not not only does Yakuza give you like the anime storyline, but it also it is like the best virtual tourism game of all time. Yeah. Like like Aoi was really missing Japan a couple months ago and I booted up like a dragon and went first person into a convenience store. And like, she almost cried because it's just like one to one, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but tell tell me about your mass effect journey. Well, I don't, well, I feel like 10 years is a pretty, especially at that age, a little, little different, but, but very similar in terms of like, I, I remember (laughs) this makes me feel feel so old. I saw it in magazines before (laughs) guys when I had my, uh, my official Xbox magazine, I'm like, games don't, aren't supposed to look this good. And I had heard all about the story, but I actually didn't end up playing it until years afterwards. Cause Mm. like back in the 360 days, it was a lot of NHL, a lot of call of duty, a lot of like just that kind of stuff. And then Mm -hmm. eventually I kind of got back into like quote unquote real video games you know so and when i did it was like oh first of all i should also back up to say um i didn't really grow up playing rpgs so in my mind like they were too hard they were the systems were too complicated like i just didn't really understand that you could even beat them you know it was always i would i would see my neighbor play final fantasy i'm like well i'm never gonna be able to play that that makes zero sense to me so it was also like i got the reward of mass effect in that it's a masterpiece in and of itself but i also got Mm. to play through a type of game that i didn't think that i was going to be able to play through as well so mm-hmm. you know people comment about whether or not the rpg elements are hardcore enough for them or whatever but like for me yeah. it was perfectly placed like i could understand it but it was still a little bit you know it, it felt deep to me mm-hmm. and then just the, again like because it was kind of the first rpg for one of the first rpgs for me it was like 
totally revolutionary or should have been in terms of like the dialogue. Um, yes, the mechanic. dialogue. Did you play Control, by the way? I did, yeah. Doesn't the conversation in Control feel like Mass Effect to you? Mm-hmm. Like the way the way that there's like these non sequiturs between conversations and then you leave and you're like, okay, I got to go. Like it felt so <laughs> Mass Effect to me and I was trying to yeah, explain totally, to Nick. Totally, totally. We're talking and then too bad it's not a video thing, but we're like, okay. And then I'll just turn yeah. this way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the looking off screen and like it, it seemed like such a a knowing nod. Like they could have done it any other way. They could have yeah. just like cut away, but the, it was a choice that mm. somebody made or groups of people made that that's how they were going to do it. And the flow of the conversation was one of the things that caught me because mm. I play other games where you're going like a Fallout or even some of the Elder Scrolls games where it's like a like two lines where I'm like I will choose this as yeah. my dialogue choice instead like of every time more of like a gesture or sentiment that you're kind yeah. of choosing with mass effect which was a huge piece for me well and you know what's funny i i forgot and nick experienced this and i got to relive it how many times you made the wrong sentence you mm-hmm. you said the wrong thing in mass effect there's a very particular one early on in mass effect one where uh, I think they ask you if you want to bring a Krogan along. And yep. and the sentence that they say is like, I'm not really sure about it or something. Mm-hmm. And and he goes, yeah, I don't really know about Krogans or whatever. Like he says something like borderline racist. And you're like, <laughs> whoa, dude. Like <laughs> yeah. I just – I thought we were like questioning bringing aliens on board. Not I, like, I may have had um, Rex killed a couple of times because oh, I'm like, no. I didn't mean to choose that. Like what yeah. the <laughs> – like, Ashley, what are you doing? We were talking a second ago. What did you do that for? We were trying to figure this out. <laughs> Kills him and shoots him in the back of the head. That was devastating to me. Yeah, but, that that weird little uh, – but I also love that because it's kind of like gambling every time you mm-hmm. take – you're like, I think this is the right thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And also, how did you play? Do you play like Paragon or do you Renegade? Yeah, I'm all scarred up. Like I'm a, I'm a total. I punch reporters in the face. Like every, like everybody's dead. I do. I did a mixture. Like it, which, which sucks because the game like very much does not reward playing that way. No, but no. like I try to do mostly a good guy. Mm-hmm. But then, but sometimes, dude, like right in Mass Effect One, you have the opportunity to kill. I forget the guy in the bar, like in the back of the bar, but. You basically can make a call where you're like Rex. Do oh, it's the guy who was he was trying to pull a fast one on Tali, and he was like gonna sell her off or something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you can choose whether or not to kill him. And I was like, yeah, kill him. Like, yeah, dead. like th- that mm-hmm. because even though that's the renegade option, mm-hmm. that's like the right option to me. You know, right, um, right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I'm mostly Paragon. You know, I have downstairs the I got the collector's edition helmet, which by the way, if I go back in time, I would not buy. I thought it was going to be a lot more sturdy. It's just plastic, mm-hmm. uh, but it has it has the blue switch and the red switch for the colors in the helmet. I'm That's blue switch amazing. all day, baby. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, helmets are an amazing thing. That they, like the pack in helmets. You know, they they've had a lot mm. of these like Master Chief as well. And uh, people wow. have listened to me for a while. I when my wife gave birth to our to our daughter, our second kid, mm. I got her Fallout seventy six, like the collectors, like the stupid edition thing. Oh yeah, that, with the bag that everybody was mad about. Yeah, and uh, came with a power heart, power armor helmet that you wow. can put on your head. And we put it on top of our Christmas tree. Wow. Like that's <laughs> Wait. It's in, yeah, don't like no no Santa Claus or Star yeah. or Angel or anything. We put a we put a fallout helmet Wait, up. Wait, I gotta do that this mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. Um you wanna know what's funny, and I just am now realizing, man, you're making me think about games I haven't thought about in so long. I used to play Fable when I was a kid. Talk about mm-hmm. Xbox. Yeah. And 
fable, you never wanted to pick the bad option because your guy started to grow horns and have yeah. like a weird scar on his face. Mm-hmm. And I think that just subtly influenced me for forever. Yeah. Like, like I just want to pick like the nice guy route because I don't want to. There was like a stat character. I think Bioware I think put out. There was like I think like a stupidly small percentage of people pick like the renegade stuff, which has got to be. I think that that's why we don't see a lot of what we like in Mass Effect. Like the A that you have the choice, like a lot of the yeah. the things that like they that that make it special, it seems like not a lot of people really took advantage of it, which which sucks because it's like it sucks because some of the best options are there, but mm-hmm. but I'm really happy to know that a lot of that most people are good people. I Un- guess unlike Sean Capri, I guess. I just play it out in the video games, you know. I got my vaccine, like I do things. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you person. my part. Let me be a bad guy here. <laughs> exactly, man. Like that's I don't I I don't do crack cocaine. Very little, you know, black tar heroin. Very very small amounts. Um, <laughs> quick caffeine. <laughs> I'm trying to be, do my best, dude. Yeah. No. It's. But I. But you know, I. I'm a big. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be honest, bro. I'm a big save scummer. Like like I I do a thing. Say you know what save scumming is right. No, it's, I don't know what that is. So save scumming is when. You consequence consequence free make a decision because you're just gonna reset the game and go back to your save point. <laughs> and it's like it's like big scumbag energy. I know that a lot of people hate it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. dude. I don't want to replay this game to get to the point to see how that decision was gonna play out. So mm-hmm. I just save and I and I have the conversation. I'm like, yeah, I didn't really like how that went, and then I go back. I had a new ending on. Not to spoil it, but I had a, a surprise kind of ending at the end of Mass Effect One with Saren. Where I didn't realize I could make him like make this happen. Like mm. it was a very quick ending. I'm like, he's dead. Like yeah. what? I, yeah. And I love that. Like very. I definitely wouldn't have wanted to go back to it. But I, and I also didn't know that that was an option. So if I'd done like quote unquote the wrong ending, I don't know that I would have gone back to try and get that one. But it just yeah. sort of just sort of happened. And that's that might also be some of the, the magic of just really any RPG. Um, mm-hmm. But I also go, you know, that there's a whole conversation about the end of the third one that I go. I don't. I don't know that I wanted forty endings. Like all the if yeah. all the paths kind of branched off into like what they truly could have been like completely different. Like I don't want to know that I got one out of fifty endings, and yeah. that there's all these other things. Like that well, that's equally dissatisfying to me. And not only that, like the the drama around the Mass Effect three endings has never made any sense to me, right? Because like I remember people being so mad, and I get they kind of sold it as like oh you can do whatever and whatever, sure. But, Dude, like I was, you know, was people content. are mad about puddles now and fruit in Halo and whatever else, right? Yeah. Like, you know that this is, it's kind of yeah. making more sense now, if yeah. nothing else, well, sadly enough, because gamers can just never be pleased, right? But the the Mass Effect thing, I was never mad about it, and thankfully Nick has not. He knows nothing. Mm, he was it's a not good place. tuned in, Ignorance and I'm like, dude, place. I'm like, do not look it up. Just be mm-hmm. happy that that the game exists, yep. because at the end of the day, I talked about this before, but when. I am like the easiest to please person really when it comes to Mm -hmm. media. Like I have never gone to a movie except for the lion King. That movie was very damn (laughs) the the, the most recent lion King. The live action one's horrible, but I I'm pretty much just amazed that anything gets created. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? It's a good place to be. It's cool. The movie's fine. You know, Mm -hmm. they made it. So it's good. And that's kind of how I felt about mass effect. I was like, yeah, some stuff maybe stinks, but like, uh, but did, did, did they mess with what you love? Is there something there with the lion King? Like, is it, is, is that the thing? Um, I just didn't like, I haven't seen it. So I, I, I can't, I don't know. That might be a visual thing that I just can't get over. Okay. Here, well, okay. Yeah. So I don't like really the talking like talking real animals. Yes. Yeah, so I don't really like the talking real animals. And 
I I think it's really cool that they got Don Glover and Beyonce and whoever sure. to do it. Totally. But like, but you didn't need to. Like, mm. like, like I would love to see Beyonce and see yeah. Donald Glover. I don't really need to hear them talk about like I actually I think it's really dumb whenever they get like really big voice actors for anything. I or, or sorry, yes, big, big um actors, actors to do voice. Actors. To do voice. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's such a waste. Like yeah. I watched um actually on the subject of anime um pawn nope ponyo maybe it's a it's a ghibli movie and they have tina fey is like is the main voice actress wow. for the mom mm-hmm. and and like in howl's moving castle if you listen to the english version howl's moving castle they have christian bale as howl and i'm like did you need to though yeah, unnecessary like, mm-hmm. like, did you need to because like it's just i don't know whatever i just think i think the lion king thing was bad it was not very Maybe they me. should have had um, Jonathan Taylor Thomas as Grown Up Simba, dude. I'm saying, or or like Troy Baker or something. Like like mm-hmm. get somebody, <laughs> get a guy yeah. whose whose job it is the voice act. I don't know. Good God. Well, Sean, we're gonna have to do this again because we're coming up on mm, close is not close ish to to two hours. I know. We just this is I I normally I never podcast this long. When we me do neither. the HQ cast, 45 minutes. I'm like, okay, let's me go, too. Guys. <laughs> me too. This that that's enough. Uh, but there's definitely going to have to be a part two and maybe even a, a part three. Um, hey, I'm totally I down. Really enjoy chatting with you tonight, man. Yeah, me um, too. Super abrupt ending, but do you want to let everybody know where they can find all your stuff? We've talked a lot about your content, but yeah, where yeah. can people go find the stuff? Best place to find me every week is on twitch.tv slash HQ boys. Come listen to that rules. Listen to HQ cast. If you're feeling a little lonely and need some bros, come hang. If you want to talk to me directly on Twitter or you maybe want to play some games, whatever, hit me up everywhere. I'm X. Sean Thomas, that's S H A W R for all you fake Sean's out there. Damn, Sean Capri. Mm. Um, fake Sean's. My mom's gonna be pissed. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. Twitch, YouTube, the HQ Boys. You can find us everywhere. Cool, man. Well, thanks again for uh, the chat. To, the quick chat, just a little like, yeah. just breezy, just, just you know, little, surface level stuff. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't let out any big life secrets during this one. Sorry, I have to do this, you guys. I, it, it pains me a little bit. Um, I have to cancel uh, all future guests for We The Gamer Cast. <laughs> Sean Thomas has to come back every week, dude. That was so awesome. Oh, my gosh. I, I could talk to that guy for hours and hours. This is, this is actually one of the, one of the longer episodes. I, um, I don't know how that even happened. I usually am pretty good about making sure this thing stays reasonable at the very least. Here we are damn near two hours into the thing, and you're still here. One of the things I love, uh, one of my good friends, Drew Agnew from the House of Mario podcast, which you guys should definitely be checking out. House of Mario podcast is amazing. Uh, He does this thing that I, man, I'm seeing all these people do great things all around me. All I want to do is just jack all their great ideas. (laughs) I just want to steal them. It's such a good idea. What he does at the end of the show is he kind of throws out a silly little hashtag and he goes like, drop this silly little hashtag in the Discord just to let us know that you're there. That's so good. I'm not going to do it. I can't do it. I've kind of like I've I've gotten like ninety five percent of the way there. Like all I need to do is say something. <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. And also, everything that Donnie's doing over at PSVG, very very cool, man. You guys need to be if you're not already, you need to be checking out, uh, play some video games. Very cool stuff there. Uh, Sean Thomas, X Sean Thomas on Twitter. Um, goodness gracious, that's gonna go down as one of the all time greats. We we start talking about like like assist on ahead and where did we go, man? What a great time. Uh, and thanks, Sean, for not making me feel too terribly old. I'm, I'm getting a little ancient. 
There's no way around it. But um, man, it was like, what is what is this? It's kind of like it's kind of like seeing like a younger version of yourself. Maybe I don't know if that's a, but also like a younger version who's like way more accomplished and talented <laughs> than than you were or I was, at, and not you specific. I, I mean, I'm getting the I'm getting the tenses and the, the the perspectives all messed up. I'm talking about me. I'm being self-deprecated. I'm not talking about you. I promise you guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, you can su- subscribe if you haven't already. That would be great. Um, you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Capri. I work hard for this stuff, and I really would really appreciate your guys' support. Um, and at the very least, if you can't support on patreon.com slash Capri, go to youtube.com slash Capri if you're not already there right now, because guess what? The show's there. It's an audio form. Uh, there's a, there's just a there's just a picture and audio. But thanks to producer Ryan Turford, I gave him a really good like kind of title for the Yumi Capri kind of shindig that we got going on over here, like the chief content manager or something. I don't know. I got to look it up. I, I, I put it up somewhere. But the music is ending. That means it's the end of the show. I'm a Sean Capri. I'm Sean Capri. Uh, Sean like Connery, Capri like the pants. And I think that's it. That's all the things I want to tell you guys. We do this thing with Jason from Heavy Rain at the end. That's the end of the show. Okay, bye-bye. Jason! 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 Sean! John, where are you? Jason! 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 Sean! 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 Jason! 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 Jason!